We are back, boys. We're back again. We'll do it live. We're back again. Uh, we're back in the Moves Media Studios. It's week five. Yes. College football. Um, I mean, I can't wait. First of all, I mean, we wow. Have, we have some great games wow. to great uh, some great games to break down. We have amazing extracurriculars coming mm-hmm. up after the games. If you want to stick around, mm-hmm. I give out my outdated movie review for uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Tyler's got some games. Really good stuff yeah. coming up after the A games. A game start, sit, cut. American classics. Yes, can't yeah. go wrong. Loved it. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And again, like. Uh, you know, I think so. We're tied now on the bet board. Five, five, and two, or five, five, and one. Five, five, and one. Yes, incredible. Yeah, we are breaking down. I think another ten games we, or so. We have a lot to go before we get into games. I want to start with a handicapping note. Sometimes I like to start the show with some of these, and today I have a good one. It's because of last week when we brought up Travis Hunter for Colorado. Right. It was a very unique topic because we'd never done this before. What is a player worth? Who's an offensive and defensive player? who is the best on both sides of the ball. And we had a bit of a debate. And so I thought it was a good opportunity to bring up the idea of what are players worth when they're out. It's a really interesting topic that we'll spend one or two minutes on right now. But for years, I thought, as well as a lot of other professional syndicate sports bettors who do this, you know, for a living, frankly, thought, which was players who aren't quarterbacks generally aren't worth that much. If you get a... A sophomore guard, you know, is playing at, 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 you know, Kent State, and he goes out. Is he really worth a point against the spread for the backup guard? You fill in the blanks for all these things, right? right? That was the sentiment for so long. Well, what's happened, actually, the more that computer science has gotten involved with the handicapping these games, the more that data has become available, not just like out there, but available and prevalent in, these, in, in the prediction process, what we realize is that players are worth far more against the spread than we ever thought they were. Now, this actually works for both college football and the NFL. Because the NFL, you would figure, of course, you get, you know, there's a very thin margin. College football, maybe, you get a player worth two points, three points, maybe. At least it's more likely than the NFL. But this whole idea works for both the NFL and college players are worth a lot more than we ever thought they were. Okay, so this whole idea of, Players not being worth much is outdated. Now, let's talk specifics real quick. Billy Walters, who is the notorious, most successful sports better and handicapper of all time, recently wrote a book called Gambler. And in that book, he comes out with a lot of unique numbers that he used, proprietary information he used to handicap. He said in one chapter, the same thing I'm talking about here, that the undervaluing of players is one of the ways he found a lot of value in his betting. Hmm. According to Billy Walters, about 40% of non-quarterbacks in the NFL are worth something, whether that's a half point, a quarter point, three-fourths of a point, something. That makes up for about 600 non-quarterback players. Hmm. That has not been the school of thought for decades. This is new. And this is something that I was intrigued with, right? So you start looking at college football, and you start to see the same thing. Looking back every year, applying very detailed analytics for the outcome of the game, what they're worth against the spread. If I went back to the year 2000, every single year, there were a handful of players worth three, sometimes four. I know that's up there. I know it sounds crazy. Four points against the spread who are non-quarterbacks. Right. Considering statistical significance, again, I look back to 2000, and every year there's a bunch of these players. So 
what can we take away from this for college football? Here's a few things that matter that we may not think about when it comes to handicapping how much a player is worth against the spread. The number one is their talent. Okay, obviously, how good is a player? That's the number one question. Right. The number two thing, though, is how do they fit in with the scheme? What kind of scheme are they running? How does that player fit into the scheme? Right, what's is the it usage? Gr- what's yeah. the usage? What's the scheme look like? The third thing you got to think about, what is their chemistry? Is it a receiver who has a brand new freshman quarterback? Or is it a receiver who's on Sam Hartman at Notre Dame who's playing his like 17th year in, in college football and knows so many different things that a young person would know? Or even different than Sam Hartman, another school with a senior who's been there all five years. Yeah, right? like a Stetson, Stetson Bennett who's so, played for 14 years. Exactly. So what's your chemistry with your teammates? And then fourth of all, and honestly, this is the most important, most overlooked thing for what a player's worth against the spread. How good's your backup? Right. Right. The reason the why I argued last year, Travis or last week, Travis Hunter was worth so much. There is a cliff after him. Right. He little Travis Hunter would start at Georgia. Okay. A lot of people say that it's not yeah, just yeah. like a CU fan. <laughs> There's not a lot of CU players who would start at a lot of Power Five schools right now as it as it is. There's right. a lot of young players playing for that team. Maybe Power Five is a stretch, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So so those are the four things we have to consider: talent, how they fit into the scheme the chemistry with their teammates, and the backups. Well, it makes sense, too, because you think, like, specifically one thing I always loved about college football, like and I always notice this on the weekends because I watch college football all day Saturday, and then on Sunday, the NFL is on, right? And some people just roll right into that and do that as well. But like, I think part of the reason why, I like, and I still watch the NFL and I enjoy it, but it's not as entertaining to me. And I, a part of it is that I just watched all day of college football, which I find so entertaining. And then I go straight to the next day of something that I think is less entertaining. But it's so much more rare in the NFL when you have one guy who can take over a game. Like, yeah, you have right. Patrick Mahomes. But in college, like, there's 50 of those guys. Let and me give you an example. Last usually, year for Utah, their tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Right. How often do you get a tight end where three against the spread? Yeah, or like that Brock was Powers for Georgia. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And so, like, you – and. Same thing. Like, if you imagine, like, when Derrick Henry was at Alabama, like, yeah, it makes sense that he would be worth more than a couple points but, because he's dominant against whoever he's playing. But I want to say this he's also a game breaker. For, for the listeners of this show who are very nuanced betters, maybe even pro betters, and you found this podcast, I understand this is not the common theme, right? This is not the common. If you talk to the average sports better who does this for a living, they will not say that. They'll disagree with me. But I believe strongly. In my in what I've done to get these numbers, and honestly, people like me who do this for a living, like like I have to scrap for like every little edge here or there. So this is exactly a great example of how I do my living: finding right. little things that no one else right now is looking at that I can find a small edge with here or there. Another example that we'll talk about in a few weeks is home field advantage. Yeah, yeah, right. Sure. A lot of people go oh, three points. Is it three? Is it two point five? Is it is three point five? Whatever. That's a different topic, but you know. There's so much work in handicapping a game. People don't get it. It comes down to all these details. I just found this stuff fascinating. I wanted to start the show bringing that up. Yeah, and then Smitty and I bring the square side, which is like, hey, man, they're wearing New Jersey. They're, they're, def- <laughs> they're definitely going to cover. It's needed. So we got Quarterback's both. mom's in the stands, get, man. Get you a podcast that does both. Um, <laughs> look, before we get into these games, which we have a bunch, uh, I really quick just want to touch, touch on a couple of college football news. Uh, touch on a stuff. couple. I want to cut on a tuple, dude. Oh, that sounds very dirty. I don't know what that means, but he wants yeah, to why, touch on a tuple. Why does that sound dirty? But it does. You're know. right. Cut on a tuple. Gross. Um, Texas A&M, Connor uh, Wegman is out for the season. That just came out today. 
So he, he's been their starting quarterback. He hurt his foot in the game against Auburn. Turns out he's going to need surgery. Mm. Um, the rehab uh, is going to be months. So he's out. And that's big because Texas A&M, I do think, was kind of starting to hit their stride offensively. You know, they scored 27 points in that win over Auburn. And it felt like, hey, maybe things are trending in, in the right direction, even though they got, you know, they, they got their asses kicked by Miami. I still felt like, hey, there's some some options here. This guy was like a five-star recruit and he was starting to look good. He had some zip. I know it was like a quarterback competition before the season with Mac Johnson, Max Johnson, but um, this one is tough for, for A&M, especially for Jimbo, who we know like what his situation is. He's on the hot seat and now he loses his starting quarterback. Uh, pretty bad, pretty rough way to, to start the week for A&M. I mean, it's rough, but I don't know how, again, talking about downgrades, right? Right. Backups, downgrades. I don't think it's a huge drop off. Yeah, well, I don't Max think Johnson quarterbacks got a lot that, of play to, playing time last year, yeah, so that makes sense. I don't think it's that important for this offense. I don't know though. There's, there's something about watching Wegman play. I felt like you know he kind of had something. He's got that uh, what would you call it? The, the swagger, intangibles, moxie. Um, I like all, all the fun quarterback terms. <laughs> pizzazz is good. And then the last piece of news again. This really isn't news because we we've talked about it so much and we knew it was coming. But officially, Mel Tucker is fired. So good night, uh, Mel Tucker, Mel fucker. Uh, I wonder where he'll end up. We 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 joked on the podcast that the the only place for him to end up is the XFL. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, I, either way, it's, okay. It's help me come news. up with a help me, help me come up with a poem. There was a coach named Tucker. He was quite a fucker. He slid in the DMs. <laughs> no, it's a sex talk. Acted like M and M's because you guys know the M and M's are all sexual on the things. No. <laughs> Well, that, there's nothing else around I mean, the DMs. The, what else around off DMs? the top of the head, this isn't bad. Okay. Well, fucker. Uh, what arms with fucker and Tucker? Oh, I got it. Now he acts like a corn husker. Uh, uh, suck, that really sucker lie. would be better. Sucker. Okay. Yeah, now uh, he's a sucker. Yeah. Okay. We'll officially, he's banned because he had his dick in his hand. There we go. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the exclamation point we're looking for. Yep. Amazing. All right. Yeah. He's out. He's out. So it'll be interesting. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah, it snaps. I'm I'm very interested to see who emerges as like a because this program is kind of a fucking mess. So like already I saw one thing. It's like Chris Klein at K State said I'm not going there. That makes total sense to me. Why leave? You know uh, K State with the Big Twelve. You know changing Texas and Oklahoma are about to be out of his way. Don't go to Michigan State. But I'll be excited to see who some of these options are for Michigan State's head coach. And does Urban I'm, Meyer have some ties to Michigan State? Uh, well, he hates Michigan, so he won't even say <laughs> good enough time. He won't even say Michigan when he, say, he only says the team up north, which is so fucking stupid, by the way. Um, but no, I here my sleeper for Herb. this, my sleeper name for this, and again, I think that this would be a upward move for this guy is Mike Elko, the Duke head coach. Because by the way, mm. he's only in his second year. And he's been crushing it at Duke. They had a great win, a great season last year. They're off to a hot start. That would be a name that I would go. If Michigan State was going to make a smart hire, he'd be a name I'd throw out there. Is Mike Elko? Elk is that a E L K O? Yes, Elko. E L K O. Yep. Okay, Elko's Lodge, like in the mountains. Yeah, the Elks Lodge. Yeah, love it. Elko's Lodge. Elko's Lodge. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay. Uh, before we get into the games, Tyler, where are we making our bets? Oh, bet US, of course. Of course. But of course. not just because you can find a lot of great lines. And I'm telling you, if you want to occasionally get that minus 105, save a little here or there, bet US is perfect. Sure. But besides that, they got, oh, I can't wait for next week. They We're going to do the stuff. Academy Awards bets. They got TV show bets. If you watch Cobra Kai, you can bet on that TV show. You can play roulette, blackjack, poker. You can bet on the horses. You can do it all at bet US. 
US. Now, here's the key. When you sign up, put in promo code TAILGATE, you're going to get access to all kinds of promos, bonuses. And I have a little twist here, a little twist, okay? If you want to sign up, use the initial bonus. That's great. You get like, I think it's 125%. So you put in 100, you get 125 back. The issue with that is there's a rollover, right? The rollover means you have to gamble a certain amount to get it out. I recommend sign up, use a promo code TAILGATE, and then just deposit normally. You know, put in 50 bucks normally, then wait for the email. So start coming in. You'll get all kinds of bonuses, rewards on top of what any normal customer would get just because you use promo code tailgate. So sign up today, betus.com, promo code tailgate. Put a little bit on roulette, red 23. Just put five bucks on there for me. If you win, you can uh, sign up for Patreon too. A little extra money in the pocket. So love it. What do you like? What do you think about the, the advice to play roulette from the pro better? Is that good? Uh, no, I think it'd be the opposite <laughs> of good advice from a pro better, but it doesn't mean they won't have fun, just uh, responsibly, you know? Do you want to know a quick uh, math stat? Of course. Roulette, the typical house edge is 4.26%. Sports betting, the typical house edge is 4.45%. Wow. Every time you guys place a sports bet, you're mathematically placing a worse bet than if you would if you played black or red at the roulette table. Just not even remotely as fun, though, to play exactly. roulette. Exactly. Sorry to run into a parade, but that's so. the math. Uh, okay, yeah. first up, Tyler, we got a, a <laughs> big... I didn't mean to bring things down in here. <laughs> a big Pac-12 matchup, Utah at Washington State. Here Cur- we go. First bet board of the week, I feel like. You think so? Oh, Do you have the cha-ching ready, Ryan? Currently, I sure do. Uh, it's like my well, only job here. We don't know yet. <laughs> Ryan's on the Not buttons. Find some sound effects and play them. That's right. We did hear from Thank one of our you. listeners. There you go. Where did that come from? I better with the buttons. Incredible. That was was great. You're going to, the listeners that love the buttons are going to be absolutely jumping for joy with that. Yeah, I want more. I want that peppered in through the show. We got a lot of games to break down. Um, Fantastic. Utah at Oregon State. Currently, Oregon State, the Beavers, three and a half point uh, home favorites here against Oregon, coming off the tough loss to Washington State, but they're back at home. And I look at this game tower, and it's interesting because. I have questions about the Utah offense, especially if Cam Rising is not there. They, right. they they probably don't win that game against UCLA if they don't get that pick six right off the start. That's how poor I, and, and how their offense struggled throughout most of that game. And it's becoming apparent that even though you know they're they're playing with their backups and those guys have been solid, they're not making a ton of big mistakes. It's just it's very it's limiting for them on offense. And even though Oregon State, which struggled you know a lot on offense here. Uh, uh, in the last week against Washington State. I do have questions about DJ Uyunglele. To me, I just feel like if you're going to give this Oregon State defense an opportunity to have kind of a bounce-back game, I think it's against a Utah offense without Cam Rising that is struggling to break off big plays. They're on the road. Um, it, like, with Utah, as long as Cam Rising is out, I feel like this team is – it's countdown to when they finally lose one. I mean, they barely pulled it out against Baylor – they barely pulled out against UCLA. Like they've had some close games here, and yeah, that Oregon State loss is ba- is what last week was bad. This is a an opportunity for a get right moment for Oregon State. I'll take the Beavers minus three and a half. Tyler, wow, Ryan, we got a bet board right I off the bat. Didn't think you would be doing that right off the bat. So I actually disagree. I watched the Utah game back from last week, and I didn't see a offense that struggled at all. <clears throat> I saw an offense that knew. They were facing a rookie, or a rookie, a, a freshman quarterback 
that they could manipulate, do whatever they wanted. They played for rushes. They played to punt the ball. They played for field position. I thought they looked good last week. Like this whole idea of them almost winning these games, that's what happens every year with a lot of good teams. You find ways to win games and you stock up for the big games kind of like this. You mentioned it's all about Cam Rising, but honestly, I want to take him out of this because I believe with Utah, I'm getting a free roll here, okay? This implies, this line implies these teams are pretty even, especially with Utah leaving Utah, okay? Home field, as I mentioned, we'll get into this on a different pod. Home field's not just about how loud the crowd is, how far you have to travel, all that stuff. Home field implies how good are you at home compared to on the road. Utah is a team that relishes in that altitude, home environment. When the Utes go on the road, it's a bigger downgrade. You you honestly, right. whoever they play, it's almost like more home field advantage because it's Utah. We got to keep that in mind, okay? With that in mind, this line is saying these teams are even. And I really, really disagree with that. Now, I've been on Oregon State all year, okay? I bet on them, I think... Every show but one, or at least lean towards them every show but one. I've right. been on them. I think they've, they're they a good team. But this is all about Utah's offense, just like Will said. This whole game comes down to Utah's offense. And I think that what we've seen so far from Utah's offense is not nearly how good they can be. I mean, this is Kyle Whittingham, who knows exactly how to maneuver a season, get through a season. He's going to do everything, every game, enough to win without giving anything away. He's learned his lesson, right? That's why they get to the Big 12 Championship or the Pac-12 Championship last year and blew USC out of the water, right? These little things, it's not about winning each game by 40. That's what other coaches are worried about. For Kyle Whittingham, it's about winning each game. Right. I think if you look at this staff and see what they've done over the decades, year after year, Look, Will, Ryan, we're getting to the halfway point of the season. This is week, what, five? Yeah. We're almost halfway through. You're telling me. Let's do a little experiment, okay? Let's pretend that Brand Keithy, tight end, star tight end who hasn't played, and Cam Rising, star quarterback who hasn't played. They haven't played, guys. Let's pretend they just aren't on the team. Right. Let's pretend they never were on the team. Are we just like, oh, okay, Utah sucks. Oh, okay, Utah's the 20th best team in the country. Are you fucking kidding me? This team, if Nate Johnson's starting, is going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. I'm, there are go- three and a half right. on the road. This is crazy to me. I think we're getting a loaded, good, elite team in a prime situation against a way overrated offense. I still have a lot of question marks about DJ Uyunglele. I think he still suffers from the turnover bug he had at Clemson. I mean, here, I mean, he hasn't done much better. You look at the 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 FEI, the the efficiency ratings. This this offense for Oregon State has fallen back. They're they're not you know excelling like that like I think they should. Now let's talk FEI. Okay, FEI, a stat I always go to. It's like efficiency ratings. So far, Utah's offense fifty third FEI. Do you want to guess what Utah's defense is this year in the country FEI? And 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 a uh, quick twenty second explanation for those who don't know. FEI is adjusted efficiency per drive rankings. How good would you be on an average field against an average team in average conditions on an average day, given all your stats neutralized? If Alabama plays uh, Georgia, this takes that into account. If Alabama plays Tennessee State, this takes that into account, right? Everything normalized. What do you think Utah's uh, uh, defense is ranked? Seven. Ryan? 
Yeah, I was going to say top 10. Num- number one mm. in the country. The number one defense. Do we really think that Utah's offense is 53rd? That's my whole point with this whole thing, right? Hell fucking no. They've done everything they needed to do to get these wins. Intrinsically, I would say top 30 with Nate Johnson, top 25 to top 20 to top 15 with Cam Rising. I'm not sure how good they could be with Rising. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Maybe it's still top 25, okay? My point here is, though, Nate Johnson's not that bad. He comes out on Twitter. What does he say on Twitter? I promise you, fans, I'm coming back next week. We're on the road at Oregon State. I'm coming back next week. This offense, this staff. And then the one thing I love is watching the coaching uh, interviews. Some coaches are Belichick. They give you nothing. Some coaches give you a whole hell of a lot. Now, right. Kyle Whittingham usually falls into the former where he doesn't give you anything. This week, we heard something. In an impressing question, when he's getting frustrated a little bit with some questions, they ask about the offense. He goes, of course we need to go vertical. We need to spread it out. We need to, we need to go vertical. And then he realizes he's saying this, right? This is what you get to see live because these things are live. And then he starts to do the coach speak. He goes, but I don't know if we're going to be able to. <laughs> he goes, we're not, you know, we're not built so that way. So his poker face isn't great. Yes, yes. <laughs> he goes, we don't have the receivers for that. We don't have the... They're thinking this. They're thinking what we're thinking. They know we don't have. They don't have the offense that they, they, they need to have. All that together, I think we're getting an elite team on the road at an overrated offense. I'll take the plus three and a half all day. You got a bet board? Yeah. Look, here, my only retort to that is like it's it's easy to say, hey, they're holding it back because they know their defense is good. When we don't know that for sure, what if this is as good as their offense can be without? cam rising you know like like yeah they they know they have a great defense they can keep them in games so they probably can play conservatively but what we also haven't seen them do yet is be down and have to come like yeah they did that but against will, Baylor but will, a little but, but, bit but you're right we haven't seen it this year but what we have seen is historically Utah blow up off- offensively i.e. last year scoring 45 points in the Pac-12 yeah for three quarters without cam rising he got hurt the first quarter right. or second quarter whatever it was right so it's like we don't give Utah enough credit here. No, look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I bet Utah more than like anybody. I, I'm a, I like Utah honestly. Like ever since I saw a game in Salt Lake City when I saw Michigan play there, I was like, I love this program. They're awesome. Okay, would it surprise you if I said Nate Johnson for Oregon State has a better or for for Utah? You mean? Or, yeah, excuse me, Nate yep. Johnson for Utah has a better quarterback rating, a better QBR, and a better completion percentage than DJ Uyengule. He no, does. All those are better. Me. He's not even a throwing quarter. Like all those are better. DJU, my I guess a lot of my handicap does come back to the fact that Oregon State's offense is not what people think it is, and they match up against Utah's defense, and they're it's having, true. and they're swallowing three and a half points. To me, if Cam Rising was healthy, this should be like four and a half. This is to me not a great line. I mean, and, so okay, what's the and total thing, for this game? Too? Cam might play, dude. Cam Rising might play this game. It's yeah, exactly. It, it, then Cam it's a Rising great might buy. play this game, so that's why I think it's a free roll. If everything I said is is true and Cam Rising doesn't play, I think we have a good bet. I'd also if lean, Cam Rising does play, dude. I want to put this is my biggest bet of the year. That makes sense. I, I'm with you there. I get like my my. I don't think he is going to play. I don't think the first game you're going to see is on the road against Oregon State. I could be wrong, but um, to me, you know, I I, I again, I think that. I think this could be a game where Utah's offense just does struggle, and I think it'll be low scoring, by the way. The total's 44 and a half. I'd lean under that as well, by the way. But, but you mentioned the offenses that Utah's faced, and this being the best one. That's true. This yeah. is the best one. They're 17th in FEI, but UCLA is 26th. It's not yeah. like they're that much worse. It's true. Say what you want to say about freshman quarterbacks. Numbers are numbers. But look, the bet's made. We don't have bet to talk board. our way into it. It's a bet board. We love it. Okay, next up, a, an SEC matchup. South Carolina plus 13 at Tennessee. Tyler, I'm interested because 
These are two programs. I don't have I've, a ton. This is, this is a big pass for me. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I've I, I've faded Tennessee a couple times already, and it's worked out for me, right? It worked out against uh, Florida because, again, I just think that this is not the uh, they don't have the weapons they had last year to make the offense nearly as dynamic, and so you're not seeing nearly as many big plays. It's looking much more just like your average kind of spread to run offense with some play action shots, but it's totally not what we saw with Hendon Hooker and what we saw with uh, with Jalen Hyatt and all those guys at Tennessee last year. South Carolina super limited too, though. I mean, they haven't looked good this year. They really haven't. Like I they, disagree. Outside, I disagree. Outside of the first half against Georgia, I don't think they have. They they looked bad against North Carolina. Yeah, they played a really good half against Georgia and then got completely boat raced in the second half. Georgia came back and and won that game. Um, yeah, South Carolina covered, but again, like to me, I don't know. I think that I, I I'm leaning South Carolina plus thirteen here. By the way. Because the truth is that even though I I think much more highly of Josh Heupel than I do Shane Beamer, um, I don't really love Spencer Rattler. I think the South Carolina is just one of those teams that is just going to be like up and down, and I don't know if they're ever going to really have a great identity as far as what their offense or what their defense is. They seem very inconsistent. But I look at what Tennessee's done defensively. They've struggled against some teams that haven't been – that great offensively, including the likes of Florida, including the likes of Virginia. Um, I think that South Carolina has enough to to cover the spread and keep it close, but it's not two teams that I enjoy betting on to, is, is the point I'm trying to make here, but I'll take South Carolina plus yeah. 13. Yeah, it's a total pass for me. Now, I disagree with South Carolina this year. Look, here's their year so far. They lost 31-17 against North Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina, really spread, good though. offense, you know, didn't, didn't score a lot. They didn't, you know, cover the spread, I know, but Okay, they win against Furman, 47-21, whatever, going away. They lose to Georgia in a close game, 24-14, cover it. And then last week, win 37-30 against Mississippi State. I don't, I, I guess they my played Virginia is, too, but yeah. Tennessee played Virginia. Oh, I was that was South Carolina. Oh, sorry, all right, sorry. I, I guess my point is, I don't think that you look at that schedule and go, bad schedule. Nah, they haven't looked good. I say they looked like we thought they should look. This is an up and down team, inconsistent. They can play great. You know, Rattler's thrown for 353, 350, 256, right. 300. Like, they look, I think they look okay. I, I don't think they look bad. Now, it's not a play for me because there's too much unknown, right? South Carolina playing well. I like what I'm seeing. Tennessee, <laughs> it's interesting, you know. Uh, I don't know how much Alabama against Texas was a spot. I don't know how much Tennessee at Florida was a spot. You know, you start to go over these games. It's like, do we really downgrade Alabama that much? Do we really? Maybe, maybe not. You could disagree. Do we really did downgrade Tennessee that much? Tennessee went at Florida, a place they hadn't won since 2003. Like, there's a reason for these trends. A lot of trends, oh, they haven't won since it's been raining in the last month. Right. It's like, who cares? They haven't won on the road since 2003. That's a big stat. But they were favored by a touchdown. You know what I mean? But that in, they probably should have been nine and a half, and they were seven, right? So th- I think that incorporated that. Mm. You're not going to go from minus seven to plus one because of that trend, right? So we need to, to separate that game in my mind. We need to say, okay, Tennessee on the road to Florida, horrible spot. Take it, throw it away. Now where are we left with? We're kind of left with a really good Tennessee team. Right, so I'm not betting on it. I'm not going to take them to cover this spread against the South Carolina team that we've seen 
can turn it on and move down the field and have a good defense. So this is a great, interesting, really, really volatile game in the, in the, in the projections. I've got no idea here. I've got no grasp of where this will go. There is a revenge factor, too, with this game. So last year, South yeah, Carolina put up 63 on them, wrecked them. That was the game, I believe, where Hendon Hooker uh, hurt his knee and, and went out, and that like kind of mm-hmm. ended Tennessee's hope. So there is a revenge factor for Tennessee, but to me, it's like South Carolina might look at this game and say, oh, we're confident we put up a 60-burger on these guys last year. Well, and look, I always start with my power rankings, right? I've got Tennessee about... Eight and a half points better. Well, let's say eight. Kids probably closer to eight. Home field, three and a half to four. Let's say four. Right. I've got a minus 12. What's it, 13? Yeah. I mean, so power rankings, not a huge play. I see this being a great game. I'm not going to bet this game. But, and here's the thing, too, is the value of points. Okay. 13 to 12 is not the same as one to two or two to three, right? The closer you get to zero, the more points are worth. So, 12 to 13, it's like, I don't fucking know. Maybe they win, not 12 is not a big number, but maybe they win, you know, 34, 22. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not willing to bet it. So actually, Pass. consensus yeah. line now is back down to 12. It opened 12, shot up to 13. Now it's back at 12, FYI. So that's what I've got. It's it. a floating exactly number. 12. But either way, I, I would, if you could get South Carolina plus 13, love it. So I'll give out the Cox there, plus 13. Will um, loves the South Carolina football team. <laughs> what did you uh, think I was going to say? Oh, yeah. You're, you have a dirty mind, <laughs> listeners. Um, all right. Staying in the SEC, Florida at Kentucky. Another big SEC East matchup here. Um, historically, I mean, these are rivals, right? Can I, but, can, I, can I insert one of my notes? Yeah. One of my of favorite college notes across all sports. Kentucky has my favorite uh, abbreviation. KU? No, no, that's that's Kansas. All right, UK? Yeah, because they go, hey, hey, bro, UK? Mm, or you're just a fan of the British. You like the UK. <laughs> well, I'm a big soccer guy. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. you are. You're a red coat. <laughs> um, Florida at Kentucky. Again, rivals. This is a rivalry that's been traditionally rivals. dominated by Florida, but you look at recent history, Kentucky's won the last two. They won a couple of years before that. Uh, in 2018 was the first time they'd won in like 30 years or something, something insane. But since then, Kentucky's done very well since Mark Stoops took over. You know, we know about the situation with Florida. They were really struggling. They didn't really have a great uh, a great win until that win against Tennessee. I don't know. It's, Tyler's getting the bet board ready because I think he thinks that we've already got a bet board. Uh, he's he's putting up the blinders. He does this partition every once in a while because he thinks... Your shades are right there. He's dude. afraid that he's going to give something away well. and that it's going to change my bet. Um, from what I've seen from Florida, <laughs> even though I'm very down on Billy Napier and what Florida is or what their state is, um, I've watched some Kentucky games this year. And yeah, they brought in um, Dylan Leary, the NC State transfer quarterback, who was really good in the ACC, but... He hasn't really looked that good at Kentucky. Um, I don't. I this Kentucky team feels like it's not the Kentucky team we've seen the last couple of years. They've lost some talent. Obviously, they lost uh, the crazy quarterback who put mayo in his coffee and ate bananas with the peel on. What the fuck was that guy? Will Levis. Levis. Yes. Yeah. Will Levis. Um, what NFL team is he on, by the way? Where did he get drafted? Titans. Titans. Okay, so he'll, he'll be there for a while. Um, I like Florida plus one here. I think this is a even though again what the situation is in Florida, I don't love it. I don't think that either of these teams are really going to be a betting favorite team, but ultimately I think that Florida is just in a better spot. I think they're a better team and certainly more talented, and I don't trust Dylan Leary right now from what I've seen. It almost looks like 
Like, I don't know. Watching him, he looks like he's Devin Leary. Devin Leary, thank you. Uh, It looks like he's coming off an injury or something. I don't know what's happening. So I like four to plus one here. I'm taking the Gators. Should I take down the partition? Yeah, take down the partition. Do we have a bet board or no? Yeah, Ryan, we got a bet board. Wow. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. What the hell? Okay. I don't want to say that. What in the world? What in the world are you talking about? (laughs) What? I, uh, this is the second game in a row. Usually our handicaps go like this. Will says a lot of stuff I agree with because we, you know, I think we both have rational, sober minds. We look at this game the same. We come up with the same analysis. Well, not because we're robots, but I think he looks at the game similar to me. I disagreed with Utah and how they looked in Oregon State, and I completely disagree with Devin Leary. First of all, have you seen how North Carolina looks without him? It, NC State, you mean? NC State, yeah, without him. It is night and day. I mean, it's like it's like a world-class quarterback has left the door, and they're left with someone who, who doesn't know what they're doing. So that should tell you enough right there. But forget that. Look what he's doing with his current team. Last year, let me take you back. We all like to look at Will Levis as this amazing quarterback drafted by the NFL. He was never that. We never looked at him as this amazing quarterback. As a matter of fact, this point in the season last year, Will Levis, six touchdowns, Three picks, 58% completion percentage. This year, Devin Leary, nine touchdowns, five picks, 60% completion percentage. 59. <clears throat> He's 59.3. Just saying. 59% completion <laughs> so percentage. So basically the exact same. Yeah. Exactly. 59. It's not a downgrade. It's an upgrade. Everyone returns except for him. You've got the same quarterback. You want to downgrade him. I'm saying it's the exact same offense. If anything, it's an upgrade. Devin Leary is more mobile. He's more accurate. He's a better quarterback. And by the way, what does nine touchdowns, five picks tell you? When Will Levis last year had six and three. They're throwing it more. They've thrown it almost 40 more times. This They're throwing it more. They trust him more. The reason why the percentage is 59 is because he's doing more complex things in the offense. I completely disagree with this offense being worse, not being, I mean, nearly uh, 10 returning starters. 17 returning Letterman. Okay. Aside from all that, this open minus three. A lot of money coming out on, on the minus one. So Will is siding with a lot of sharp money here. And I don't like fading the sharp money. You know this. Will, I think, and this is what I'm talking about. Will, I think, is sneaky sharp. Because he finds little avenues where it seems like there's an overwhelming place or play, and he goes the other way. And even though this is a bet board game, and I like Kentucky... I believe Will is is on with something here. Florida's doing a lot well. I, I like Florida's rankings for the advanced metrics on the lines. I think their secondary is playing very well. But overall, when you look at offensive rankings, points per play, which is one of the most important stats, I think points per play, points per drive are like the two you want to look at for efficiency. Number one in the country is USC, obviously. Number two, Washington. Do you want to know who number three is? It's Kentucky. In the country, they're moving the ball. Do we? Any, do any of us realize this? Will didn't. He doesn't like their offense. Who have they played? It ball, doesn't ball matter. Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron, It doesn't and matter. It doesn't matter. This is points per kinda play. Matters. I. It does kind of matter. <laughs> but to say that Kentucky doesn't have the kind of offense that can take care of a Florida defense ranked in the 40s for FEI, that's where we get into at home, rivalry game, off this giant win. Can we really trust Billy Napier? Let's get to Billy Napier. Because that was my thing for the Tennessee game. The reason why I lost on Florida for the Tennessee game was I said, I don't trust Billy Napier. Yeah, I don't know that I do either. But are we willing 
to suddenly after that game, as I said earlier with Tennessee, it was a perfect spot for Florida. Are we like, oh, okay, he's a great coach. I don't think so. I think I could have coached that game and won. So I think that we still have to have to see, you know, what Billy Napier can do. And I love this coaching staff for, for Kentucky. I do I too. I love like this Mark offense Stoops. for Kentucky. I think they can do so much. To me, this is all about how good is Florida. Okay. You know I trust Kentucky. You know I like Kentucky. I already took you to school on their offense. But how good... <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a dick. It's okay. I don't care. Go no, hard. I just, I expected, not, I'm not changing I expected my more of a reaction when you didn't laugh. I was like, oh, he thinks I'm being a dick. Okay. <laughs> no. Anyway, to me, this is all about how good Florida is. Okay. And we said the whole Billion Apier thing. But let's not forget that this Kentucky team won last year on the road. 26-16. Yeah. I think if we get a better quarterback than Will Levis, which Devin Leary arguably is in this offense. Arguably isn't. At home, I see something better. Power rankings, I've got these teams pretty much the same. Maybe Florida's a point better. Okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe point better. But you at incor- Kentucky. Yeah. You incorporate home field, I've got Kentucky minus two. So we'll take it. Okay. Bet board. Second bet board. I love it. Um, next up, I, w- I wonder if we're going to have a bet board on this one. This could be an insane week for bet board. Notre Dame at Duke. This is the game day game, by the way. Yee-hoo! Do we know how long it's been? Has game day ever been to Chapel Hill for for? Or Ch- is Chapel Hill where Duke is? Bro, you know how many or is times that North Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah, that's what, what, or is uh, Raleigh. Duke? Raleigh. Um, well, has game day ever been to Duke for a football? Like that's a basketball school. I, I bet you they've never hosted game day ever. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, that, so this is incredible. Hey, as a CU fan. Welcome to the club. It's fun to have you there. It's you know, we're, we're vets now at the game day thing. Of course. Know, so. Yeah, you guys know what you're doing. <laughs> um, Notre Dame, five and a half point road favorite oh, here go. going on the road at Duke. Duke undefeated. They're ranked in the top uh, 20. Ryan, Ryan, get ready to hit the uh, button. I know Will's taking Dame. Um, get ready to hit the button, Ryan. Notre, no, look, here's what I'll say. So this is a... Real quick, Will. Yeah. Uh, they've hosted it 12 times for basketball, but this is the first time for football. <laughs> okay. <laughs> game day Game day does basketball? I guess. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, it's just like, uh, uh, yeah, that, that sounds weird. I don't think that anyone would be nearly as – I mean, I'm sure college basketball has something similar. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I'm yeah. assuming that's yeah, – With an outdoor yeah, stage and all yeah. that shit. The equivalent, um, as they would say. Look, here's what I'll say about Notre Dame. I think that – and I actually went and I went back. I didn't watch the full replay, but I watched sometimes on YouTube. You can get like a game condensed to like 30, 40 minutes on YouTube where you still see basically every play. I watched that replay of the Notre Dame Ohio state game. And this is what I think I took away from that is that I feel like, I feel like Notre Dame offensively would like, they could be so much better if not for some of the, and I don't want to like rag totally on Marcus Freeman here or the coaching staff, but it just felt like these guys look really good. They were pushing Ohio State off the ball. Um, Sam Hartman looked really good. He had a couple of, of you know, kind of shaky throws, but for the most part, he looked really good. They were they were driving the ball, and I couldn't help but think, like, how do they only end up with with 10 points here? Or, or they had 14 points, right? It's 14-17. So I feel like Notre Dame's offense could be so much better, and Duke provides an opportunity for that. Yeah, Duke beat Clemson, but if you watch that game, Clemson just ran the ball down their throats the whole game and just fucked up every time they got in the red zone. And I feel like Notre Dame has the offensive line and Edric Ostame or Cedric Ostame. I think it's Edric Ostame, the running back for Notre Dame. That guy had some really good moments against Ohio State. Like he's he's a legit back. And if they commit to that to to the running game against Duke, I think that things bode really well for them. But what I will say, what worries me, and I'm my guess is that this is baked into Tyler's. Uh, 
uh, breakdown here is that last year, Notre Dame lost to Ohio State week one in a really big game, and it was like a backbreaker potentially for, for the players. The next week they go home and they lost to, I think, Marshall. It was like someone bad. They were big favorites, and they lost that second game. I know you've brought up this term before. It's like the the dream breaker or whatever. What is it? Dream crusher. Dream crusher. So was that Ohio State loss a dream crusher for Notre Dame? Like that was no. a no, that, it wasn't. Okay, so I, no, so okay, but yeah. I, again, let me well, just I, finish. I thought my you point. were finished. I, no, thought no, you were, no. I thought you were transferred. It no, no, no. And, and I'm not even saying it is because again, everything is still in front of Notre Dame. Yeah, well, let's all answer this to, to ourselves right here. Let's answer the question: If Notre Dame continues to go undefeated and ha- has one loss, do they make the playoff? I vote yes. It depends on who else is there, but they're certainly in the Obviously, picture. They're certainly in the picture. Give me yes, yeah. no. Give me yes, yeah. no. Yes, no. Yeah, probably. Ryan. Yeah. We all agree on that. Yeah, because so that means wins against That's not Southern a dream. Cal. A dream crusher to me is when the whole locker room knows our goal is dead. Right. That's when you. That's when you bet against teams the week after. That's fair. Okay. Is when they lose that game and they go, fuck. But even our still, whole goal is done. Is like a a big loss going to affect them like it did last year? No, I think if anything, it motivates them. I hope so, man. Because here's the truth: I think Notre Dame should be leagues better than Duke. Um, I I really do, and I feel like. What you've seen since Duke, yeah, they're Duke's a really good team. You watch them, like you watch their games. They are well coached, like they don't fuck up a lot. Uh, I really like um, Leonard Riley. Is that his name, the quarterback, or is it Riley Leonard? I don't know. I don't know. He's got two first names. Um, he uh, <laughs> he's good, and I think that I think that Notre Dame probably showed some weaknesses that that Duke can and that Mike Elko, who I just said is a really good coach, that he can in that Ohio State game he can use. But the truth is that if Notre Dame comes out motivated and focused, I think they're so much better than Duke. And I know that it's going to be a rowdy atmosphere with game day at Duke. It's going to, it's a sold out stadium. It's a night game. I think it's going to be intense. But ultimately, I like I really believe that if Notre Dame just plays to what Notre Dame's uh, uh, ability is, they win this game by more than a touchdown. I think they're smart with the ball. I think they run the ball. I think they run it down Duke's throat. I'm taking the Irish minus five and a half. Ryan, we got a bet board. Wow! Uh, not Three only that, so so Will said, you know, uh, Will said just now. I think Notre Dame's a lot better than Duke. I can give you my numbers. I'll tell you right now what I think of them. What the market thinks. I think they're six points better than Duke. The market thinks they're six and a half points better than Duke. Maybe seven. That's it. Touchdown better. It's at Duke. Like I've got. Let's just again. I'm going to repeat that. I've got Duke six points worse. Right. Okay. Than Notre Dame. Well, they're playing at Duke. You incorporate home field. Where does that get us? That's about Duke plus three. Like, this line to me is exactly where I make my money in sports betting. And and let's also be clear here. I love Will. Will's a good job. I'm not saying this, like, because I'm trying to make a point against Will. We don't win here. This isn't where the winning is done. The winning is done on the field, right? So I don't want to make it seem like if I talk like I've already won the game, it's this great handicap because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just very confident in this one because this is generally where I find avenues that I get good bets because the entire world's thinking one thing and it seems like it should be something and to me, it's something completely different. Great example. Six points better and they're five and a half at home. This line says that Duke is about eight and a half to nine points worse. Right. I don't believe that's the case. And I'm not just talking about coaching. How how many people out there, how many football fans, uh, and we are three big football fans right here in college, how many of you in this room, of you two, think of Duke <laughs> as being like an athletic team? 
How many of you think of Duke as having a really good offensive line? How many of you put Duke in the category of being, well, if you put the ACC talent, Duke's top of the list. But what we don't realize is with the talent they have back, the transfers, everything built up, I'm willing to put Duke on that level of near elite ACC talent. We don't think of that. We're going to see it this week. Duke is a very good team. Duke is a very good offense. Duke has a defense who can give fits to Notre Dame. And I believe five and a half is juiced up. Now, the reason why I hate this is five and a half is a dead ass number. It's a bullshit number. I I don't like it. So me personally, just to let everyone know, I will not bet this right now. I'm going to watch all of my sports books and you can see what's going to happen. So, Will, can I take a 30-second detour and talk about like line movement and jumping on good numbers? Stop watch starting right now. Stop right now. (laughs) Okay. What will happen in the market is you'll see four or five books move. Let's say there's a game minus or five and a half like this. If it's going to go up to six, you'll see four or five books go to six and everyone else stay at five and a half. Right. And then one book will go to six, six and a half, and you'll see see the trickle. Right. If it's going to go down, you'll see four or five books go to five, 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 four. And that's how you can always, as a pro, get the good number. A lot of people are like, how do you always get the six? How do you always get the six? It's because I have access to 30 sports books and I can see the trickle and where this is all happening. I go, oh, okay. This is all falling from five and a half to five to four and a half to four. Right. I'm going to get the five and a half and bet online right. or bet US. Right. So that's how you can still get the good numbers. Or what I'm assuming is going to happen for this is we start to see six, 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 six and a half, and I'm going to get a better number. So right. I personally am waiting because I think towards Saturday, I'm going to get some sixes out there. But for us, I feel comfortable with five and a half. I think they may win this game and, and upset Notre Dame. So we'll wow. take it. Bet board Duke five and a half at home. Unbelievable. We've broken down four games. We have three bet board games and we have lots of games to go. So incredible. Go. Um, before we move on to the next game, you know, we, we've talked about it a bunch this season and I just want to mention it again is, is the Patreon. So again, if you guys are a fan of the show and you want to support us, there's lots of ways you can do that. You can follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Um, you can give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple, uh, Apple podcast, wherever, whatever, you know, medium you're listening to your podcast to, it helps us to give us a rating or whatever. Give us a four-star rating. If you don't think we're worth five-star, give us a one-star. If you want to be a piece of shit, <laughs> whatever, like th- there are ways to help us out. And one of the biggest ways is to join our Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash college football, but tailgate. not just that you get a ton of content and For actually, sure. uh, I, someone messaged, messaged us last week because I was a little bit late getting the power ratings up. Yep. Right. I put my power ratings top 50 on there. People love this shit. You can use my power ratings to make your own lines right. for all these games in the, in the top 50. Yep. So sign up today. Call us well tailgate on uh, on Patreon. Should we give a shout out to our three new members? Yeah. Let's, get, let's, la- let's for, shout them out. From, uh, By this, the way, from if you join, show. you can edit your name to whatever. So if you want to make us read something silly, if you want to make Tyler say... Uh, Coach Prime pissed his pants. Uh, you can do it by do editing your name, and then we're gonna read it on don't the podcast. That. So you're actually you're what you're doing don't is do giving a mic to yourself on the podcast because we're gonna be reading out names of people that join. Well, I think someone did that. Okay, so the first person, uh, Big Daddy D. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, thought that was funny because you put your. I didn't know this. So Big Daddy, thanks to Big Daddy D, thanks to Adam, and then thanks to Eric. Yes. Shout out. So two normal names, Adam and Will. To to uh, American names because remember Yvonne was yeah, from Ivan. Spain. We love Ivan. Yeah, but shout out to Ivan, Big Daddy D. We appreciate you. No matter what your name, yes. If you if you sign up, we appreciate you. Now we do other stuff. We're gonna do I think th- in a couple weekends. 
we're going to do a podcast where we talk about conspiracy theories. Yeah, conspiracy And pod. maybe we have a couple edibles during yeah. that podcast as well. We might be well. a little sauced for this one. So stay so. tuned. <laughs> Patreon.com. Oh, one last thing. And I'm going to mention this again during the later parts of the pod. Will and Ryan talked me into it. Right? Will and talk, Ryan talked me into, I'm going to post next week during the halfway point of the season, week six, my full power ratings. Now, this is honestly a little bit out there. Okay? For five bucks a month, it's a little ridiculous. Okay? Because a lot of people, you have to pay like, honestly, 50, 100, more than that to get stuff like this in the public. Right. I'm willing to give our Patreon members my full 133 team power ratings next week. I'm going to post them. And you know what? The great thing about that is you can make lines for every game in the college football slate, all 60, whatever. You can have lines for every game. Not just that, you can use it for yourself for the next two, three, four weeks and make adjustments off those for your own lines. So if you watch Utah and they play bad, downgrade them two points and still use my numbers for your own ratings. So next week, stay tuned. I'm going to post my entire power ratings on Patreon. Only five bucks. That's College Wall Tailgate on Patreon. Yeah, love the it. The best, Jerry. The best. Oh, the buttons. <laughs> yeah, Let's yeah. go, Smitty. By the go, way, with the inflation, best. $5 is not even worth anything at all. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know why you're not saying that. They're like $2 up, now. So. Patreon.com slash College Wall Tailgate. Best, Jerry. The next up, oh, Banya, the worst. Um, <laughs> uh, next up, Michigan at Nebraska. This line. I don't have a ton for this game. Okay, I'll get. Uh, it being, this is the first Michigan game we've been able to break down because all the games have just been stupid. You know, you know what? As a matter of fact, can I use a little ladies' room? Yeah. You made me pee before the show because you know I'm like a, a teenage girl on a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> Will goes, pee before, pee before the show. He's Guess got, what? He's got the right tiniest now. little bladder. I have to right now. Take your headphones off. Oh, yeah. I thought you were about to run away with your headphones <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> Michigan at Nebraska. So this is an interesting one. This is the first like semi real test for Michigan. They played cupcakes. All year long. By the way, they're zero and three against the spread. I think they actually they may have covered last week, um, but it, it was close. Um, but they didn't cover the first two weeks by a lot, and those were big spreads. And so, seventeen points on the road here against Nebraska. I do think this is a bit of a trap game here mm. with Matt Rule again. Like it's a they had the 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 first uh, one against Colorado where they blew it. But again, like something about having getting Michigan at home. Last time Michigan played at Nebraska, by the way, a couple of years ago, Michigan barely escaped with their lives. That, of course, was tough sc- place to play. Yeah, for sure, very tough place to play. It's a massive stadium. They got yep. l- loud, committed fans, diehard fans. Um, yeah, for sure. Even when the team isn't good, those guys sell out every game. Yep. Uh, a lot of respect for the Husker fans. And so this is a trap game, and and like I mean, Michigan. I mean, Michigan honestly should have lost that game two years ago, but th- they got l- lucky with a couple of plays, and so. That worries me. The Michigan's run game hasn't been amazing so far this year. I'll say that mm-hmm. it's been it's been okay, but you haven't really seen it because it's been against hasn't cupcakes. reached expectations. No, not at all. They're not getting the push off the line. Um, but what I will say is that like it, what the one difference that you'll see from this year to last year is that yeah, they still have JJ McCarthy, but like the passing game has been. Oh, they're throwing the ball way more than last year. Last year it was easily like sixty forty run. To, to pass and it feels like it's more like 50 50 this year they're doing they're opening up the passing game a lot and I think they're doing that intentionally and I think that I think that Nebraska does have a solid defense but what one thing that Michigan does really well is when you watch these games like they include a lot of unique play calls trick plays they distribute the ball to a lot of different guys so it's not like hey we're relying on just our number one wide receiver here or just our number one tight end or whatever they have a ton of options and I think that what what you'll see in this game is that I think it'll, it actually will be a really close first half. 
and then you'll see Michigan come out in the second half and pull away. Michigan's been a really good second half team the last couple of years under Harbaugh. The the point differentials have been absurd. Um, they basically they almost all and they did this against Rutgers last week. It was like almost a tied game at halftime. Michigan Michigan comes out of the second half and just blows them out. If you can find a second half line. Great, take that. But ultimately, I, I do think Michigan covers a 17 here. It's a, it's a big number as a road favorite, and it is a bit of a trap scenario, but I like taking Michigan here minus 17. Yeah, I'm back. The one thing I'll add is uh, I think that on the road at Nebraska always gives teams a reason for a boost, right? Sure. I don't think you're going to get a flat spot at Nebraska. You know, you get these flat spots at, at other areas, but... No, they'll be up. I think they'll cover. I think they'll do well. So Okay, love it. Next up, uh, we go from my favorite team to your guys' favorite team. We got Southern Cal, the Trojans, with Caleb Williams. Big bad Caleb Williams and his painted fingernails on the road in Boulder. Currently, Southern Cal, 21.5-point favorites here. I'm going to defer this mostly to you guys, but what I will say, my breakdown here is that, yes, we saw what happened in Eugene last week. I... Uh, I think that USC's defense has holes. And again, like I, I, I last week I thought that Shadur Sanders would be enough to keep, you know, I think he'd make enough plays to keep Colorado within 21 points at Eugene, and I was wrong. I just don't think that – I think that USC's defense has talented guys, but they're just not consistent. They might have one drive where they're amazing and they force a three and out, and then they have other – I mean, they gave up some pretty bad drives and points – to Arizona State last week, and they, you, frankly, I don't think USC has any business doing that. Um, it's a lot of points, and yes, I, I think that Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams, right? He's the number one quarterback in college football for a reason. He's extremely talented. He's got all, he'll have every opportunity to, to score a lot of points here against Boulder. Um, I'm scared. I'm scared to take you uh, uh, see you here, but I think I'm leaning towards taking the buffs plus 21 and a half. Yeah, it's a pass for me. Complete pass. Uh, I don't trust what we see or what we saw last week. Yeah. And then look, no Travis Hunter. That matters. You yeah. know, I, I don't know. You know, we talked about this on uh, another podcast we do about the buffs, but uh, the question for last week's game is, was it the overall talent discrepancy, right? Was it Oregon, Colorado, great team, bad team, or was Travis Hunter that valuable to where they exploited, did whatever they wanted? You know, I'm not willing to say one player was that valuable, but this week they don't have him back. Right. They may be without Shiloh Sanders. They may be without, yeah. you know, it could be a long day. Now, the yeah. one difference, obviously, they're playing in Boulder. They're right. playing in altitude. Tough place and, to play. But USC has never lost to Colorado. Do you realize that? Never. Interesting. It's not mm. going to happen this weekend, I don't think. Yeah. I have a quick question for you, Tyler. Yeah. Um, and you may have to help me through this to actually form the question because I'm not exactly sure how to word it yet. But with the lines the first three weeks being so far off for CU and then it actually being what it should have been in Eugene, do you think that maybe this line is closer to being right? Yes. Yeah. What's going to happen is the further you get to the end of the season, the more correct the numbers are going to be. This right. happens every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer. Right. Markets the, which sharper. makes sense. It does. And that's why I make most of my money in every sport early, early in the year. Right. Because sure. there's not enough information. I do my best when we can't price anything. What's, what's this price? Right. That's where I excel. When everyone has the same info, right. like the Super Bowl, 
that's where I don't do as well because sure. everyone does the same thing. So it's for just this, more data points. Yeah. So yeah. for CU, but that's why I I had a bet board against Will in the first right. week of the season. Yeah. I had Colorado Price much closer to this. So now. They're getting more accurate. Would you, and this may be just the squareness of myself, would you have expected after last week for it to be 21, or would you think it be kind of in the median, like more of a like a 10 to 14 spread, given that they were 20, what, four-point favorites against CSU? Well, so... And so 21-point dogs against Oregon? Would so you- we all need to remember this. This is the key for answering that question. When you're a home team, you add three for home. When you're a road team, you add three, for, or you you add, right. add three for them. So, if if uh, Colorado was minus twenty one at Oregon, that means Oregon was minus twenty four neutral, minus twenty seven, or excuse me, right? If uh, Oregon, my, was, my, yeah. uh, Oregon, excuse me, minus twenty one at home. That means Oregon's minus eighteen on a neutral, minus fifteen in Colorado. So what this line says, the mm, way to look at yeah, so the way to look at this is okay. Oregon or Oregon would have been minus fifteen and a half in Colorado. USC is minus twenty one and a half in Colorado. Is USC six points better than Oregon? Then you have a jumping off point for handicapping the game based on last week's line. Right, right. So when you ask me, would I see ten to fourteen to anything? I would have seen this because this is accurate to me based on the team rankings. Okay. So gotcha. yeah, and look, I ultimately I think. Obviously, there's a lot of opportunity here. Like the the spread has been off by a wide margin every game for Colorado so far this mm-hmm. year, right? So, do we think that this is finally? Yeah, the market is definitely getting sharper. But is this finally the one where where the market's right on? Where you know CU wins by 23 or 22, or they win by just 21? I don't know. I definitely think there's a ton of variance, right? Like we, well, could, but but we, we also could, but we also have to remember that games don't always land on the spread, and that doesn't make these games so crazy. Right. It's only a couple, right? It's only right. four games, very small sample size. Did you know minus threes land on three about eight percent of the time? Right. Yeah, right? yeah. So. 92% of the time, it's something aside from three. And, right. and, and of that 92, 92%, probably 20% is like a crazy number. Sure. So if there's a minus three and they win 34-10, do we go, oh, there's the answer. It's it's like, no, it's one game. You know, so we, we shouldn't overreact to some of these. You know, the CSU game could have gone different. The Nebraska game could have gone different. Right. Just because they're landing closer or farther away from the spread... It means doesn't something. mean the market is off by a It mile. doesn't mean right. everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that at least if you're going to bet on, again, like I think this is where all the public swings, like the public money is no longer going to be like, oh, for sure, see you. I think they're going to look at that Oregon game and go, oh my gosh, Caleb Williams, Southern Cal, they're going to smoke them, right? And yeah, it is in Boulder, which is a tough place to play. You know, traditionally Colorado takes down somebody big at home um, often, right? They the, when they were in the Big Twelve, they used to do it all the time to Oklahoma or Texas. It just hasn't or been USC lately. I totally agree with that. And again, but this is a massive spread, and I think that at least last week, if you're gonna give like a mental edge, that that's a wake up call for Colorado and for all those players. Like, yeah, all the hype around them, those guys get to go. Hey, that none of that shit matters anymore. If we're gonna try to compete with Southern Cal here, like. I'm not saying that they do bounce back mentally, but it certainly at least is a wake-up call. And so I actually think I'm going to take the Buffs plus 21 and a half and call me crazy. I'll just say this. If the Buffs cover, it's not going to be 31-21, right? right? It's going to be 46 to 30 or 35-20, whatever it is. It's going to be high scoring. So if the Buffs offense can move the ball and score, you got something here. Yeah, and I think that SC's defense has enough holes, so we'll see. Go. But I'm, I'm willing to do it. So uh, next up, Alabama at Mississippi State. Currently the Crimson Tide, 14.5-point 
road favorites. I wonder, I mean, these are two teams that I feel like, Tyler, a lot of times you, I, I don't know that you're always pro-Alabama, but you're always, you're wary of betting against Nick Saban, obviously. You mentioned that a lot. But I th- Mississippi State is one of these teams that, that I know you feel, and, and rightfully so, are constantly underrated. And so I'm wondering if this is a play for you because ultimately when I look at Alabama and I think, okay, like, yeah, the defense is fantastic. We know the offense is limited, but can they improve the passing game? And I think they can. I actually think that as we see the weeks go forward, Jalen Milroe is going to improve. The passing game is going to improve. The biggest difference I see in these Alabama teams over the last couple of years is they don't have like nearly as many explosive or that's not true. They still always find a way to get explosive plays, but they don't have like game breaker wide receivers that can, you know, that that can open the game. And so I want to, this half point hook kills me, but to me, it's like, I I don't, I, I don't see anything in Mississippi state where they, we're talking about like a totally unproven young head coach going up against the greatest coach in college football history. To me, this is an opportunity to just, blindly play that and say I'm taking Nick Saban over this guy who didn't even know he was going to be the head coach a year ago and now is and he's in over his head potentially so I'm going to take Alabama minus 14 and a half but I want to know if you have a play I don't have a play but I don't get where a lot of this stuff comes from saying Alabama has an offense that's down just because they haven't looked like super elite yet look you know I'm uh, uh, sometimes a little bit too you know in four or uh, uh, focused on the math but you can't ignore Nerd. it. You can't ignore it. <laughs> Overall, 17th in the country, Alabama, FEI offense. Right. Like, I just don't see anywhere in the numbers where this is not a good offense. Now, here's the thing. We talked about it earlier with teams like Utah, right? Using what you have, winning games you have to win, doing enough to get the win. Alabama's done the same thing. You know when Alabama played South Florida, they showed, like, six formations? Yeah. Like, they didn't do anything. That was a glorified scrimmage. When you play a team that you think you're going to win, you don't roll the dice and hope you win. Kyle Whittingham, Nick Saban, what they do is orchestrate a game plan to where they pretty much guarantee they're, what they're going to do is, is win, but they're not looking for margin. You see, that's why when Alabama, any of these teams, it's coming up to week 10, 11, 12, they need margin in some playoff race, they get margin. And there's a reason why in weeks four, five, six, when they don't need margin, they don't get... It's all about what do you need to survive and advance. And I think Alabama is in that situation. You look at them against against South Florida, Ole Miss. They're doing well. Ole Miss, I'm not going to put them in here. South Florida, the one game people look to for Alabama, 17-3. They could have won that game 63-0 to if they wanted to. That was a scrimmage. They looked mm. for quarterbacks. They looked for linemen. They looked for anything they needed to. It was a rainy to. game, too. It was a m- mucky game. They went into that game saying, we are going to win. We're going to look, though, for the rest of our season. This is our final non-conference game. Right. So I think that this is a team who's waiting to explode. On the other side, Mississippi State, I'm not impressed. Like, you mentioned it, Will. I bet on them a lot this year, the last couple of years. They're going backwards. Under Leach, yeah. their offense, 26, 33rd last year, two years ago, 38th, 14th. I would expect these defensive coaches taking over to make this more of a defensive game, or at least team. And they've fallen by the wayside, 44th offensively, 54th defensively. If they can't play great defense, Mississippi State won't be able to win big games like this under Zach Arnett. Bama could score. Bama could move the ball. I don't like anyone this game, but you look at net drive efficiency, 
Bama's still 25th in the country. Mississippi State, 106. Overall, yeah. lean Bama. Okay, love it. Um, not a play for you, though. Uh, next up in the SEC, Georgia at Auburn. The Bulldogs, number one team in the country, currently 14.5-point road favorites here against Auburn. Um, I've been wishy-washy on Auburn this year. I took him against Cal. That what that didn't work. Um, I faded him a little bit last year or last week. Excuse me. Um, this is. I think Auburn's defense is really good, and I still think that we have a lot to learn about Georgia and about Carson Beck. And yeah, like, can they actually? Is the run game as good as it was last year? Spoiler: I don't think it is. I don't think they're getting quite as much push, and I definitely think that they are a lot thinner at running back. They had some injuries this year where they've had guys go down for the season, and so they're definitely not as deep at the running back position. Georgia isn't. Um, but I look at Auburn, and even though Hugh Freeze, like he's a big offensive guy, like I, I know from watching Peyton Thorne when he was at Michigan State, like playing against Michigan, I watched a lot of Michigan State games. Like that dude against certain defenses just crumbles. And this Georgia defense is exactly the type of defense – that will just get in this dude's head and it'll be over. He'll throw picks like he's going to be off. I expect the Auburn passing game to be horrible this game. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to score a lot of points against Georgia. And again, I think that even though like Georgia's not being talked about, which is mostly because of their schedule, they haven't really played anybody yet, right? Um, yeah, they're always they're public favorites. Like I think that they're still just waiting. Like the South Carolina game is what I thought this would be the opportunity for Georgia to remind everybody like, hey, we're Georgia. We're going to pummel somebody, and they didn't really do that. They struggled the first half. I think that they're, we're, we're waiting on that game, on the wake-up game, to see Georgia look like what we expect Georgia to be, and I think this could be that game. I think Georgia just blows Auburn out of the water here. I like a minus 14.5. Yeah, I don't like anything this game. It's a pass for me. Uh, I have Georgia uh, 16 points better, 16.5. Right? So with home field, I've got this around 13.5 points. Don't love this, neither side, so pass for me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, staying in the SEC, this is a big one. We've got LSU going at Ole Miss. I'm hoping we have a play Best for bet. this. Best bet. Best bet for Tyler. Uh, my our Patreon members got this bet on Monday. Amazing. Love it. N- another excuse to join the Patreon. Um, you know what this is going to be. It's going to be a bet board. You think so? Uh, all right, well, whatever. I don't know. What, I, I, I haven't looked, so I don't know what your 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 uh, pick is. That's, that's the honest-to-God truth. Um, I've always been... Elaine Kiffin truther. I've been big on on Ole Miss. I took him against Alabama. I don't like what I've seen from their offense this year. Like, the, oh come on! I'm telling you, like I think come that on. For, uh, just only based off the standard of what Lane Kiffin is. Like he's the guy. He's the offensive wizard. And it, to me, it hasn't been that great. And again, like I think that, um, I think that that first game against Florida State warped a lot of people's views of LSU. And I think that people are still not looking at LSU as what we all viewed them preseason. Like, this is a legit SEC championship playoff contender. And I still think they are that. I think that first game against Florida State was disappointing. I don't think they're as bad as what that final score was. I think that that, that Florida State made some big plays at the end. And it looked like LSU kind of gave up like towards the end, especially when some of those bigger plays happened that widened the, the, the final margin. I like LSU minus two and a half here. I think that... that even though I think Ole Miss's defense is solid, I think their run game should be better than it is. Um, I like LSU minus two and a half here, Tyler. No bet board this game. I also like LSU two and a half. I like it a lot. Let's start by comparing lines. Okay, let's do a little math equal line. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. All right. Uh, last week, Alabama 
closed minus seven and a half at home against Ole Miss. Okay, so we do the whole the whole practice right. Seven and a half at home means four and a half neutral, one and a half on the road. Okay, so Alabama one and a half at Ole Miss. Well, after last week we have more information. We saw what happened when they played that game. So we'll probably downgrade Ole Miss point seven five. Probably upgrade Alabama 0.25 or so. We get about a point in there, right? So this week, if Alabama Ole Miss played again at, at Ole Miss, keep in mind, Alabama be around minus two and a half. What's the spread, Will? Two and a half. Okay. Open, where, up, open up closer to one, by the where way. Where is LSU compared to Alabama? Well, if you sign up for our Patreon, pay five bucks a month, you see I have Alabama rated about 0.25, about a quarter of a point behind LSU. I have LSU in my rankings number 6 overall, 25.5, excuse me, 22.54 points better than average. I've got Alabama number 7, 22.29 points better than average. Will who was I on last week? Uh Alabama. Alabama, yes. Who am I on this week? LSU. Yep. Why? Numbers are the same. My thoughts are the same. Nothing's changed in terms of week to week and how I look at these teams. We always talk about, yeah, you want to upgrade, you want to downgrade, it's important. But I also say, okay, if a kicker happens to make a 45-yard field goal and win his team the game, does that make everyone on his team better, right? Because they won the game and there's a W by their name? Or if that kicker kicks the ball six feet to the left and miss it, is everyone on the team worse, the answer is no. You get the same goddamn team. That's why rankings are so important. I think Ole Miss this week with the downgrade. I think LSU with the upgrades. This is a very, very good money math play, in my opinion. Now, look, on the field, that's that's numbers, okay? That's the math. On the field, I think LSU has the edge. LSU, FEI, again, efficiency, is sixth in offense, 27th in defense, and I believe that defense will improve. Yeah. Ole Miss, we think of them as being some elite offense. I believe most people think Ole Miss in this stat, maybe you have a top 15, top 10 offense, 16th offense, 47th defense. I see an opportunity for LSU to move the ball, control the clock, really actually control the game. And if you look at LSU, they're one of 22 teams this year in college football. Out of 133, they are one of 22 to improve efficiency Week after week, they're getting better. This is Brian Kelly. This is what he does. I think this week, it's a big game, rivalry game on the road. This is where teams like Ole Miss and Utah on the road in their spot cover and look good and exceed expectation. So we'll take LSU on the road on the road at Ole Miss minus the two and a half. Love it. Love that we're both on like it. Like how I throw in the Utah there, a little twist, a little twist of the line before I drop it in the drink. <laughs> I like that. Uh, last but not least, I'm actually super excited for this matchup. We've got uh, Smitty and I's favorite team, the, the Kansas Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, going at Texas. Texas currently is 16 and a half point home favorite here. Now, outside of last year, last year, Texas obliterated Kansas. But Kansas gave Texas fits in the years uh, previous. Uh, t- Kansas actually beat Texas in 2021 57-56. They nearly beat them in Austin the year before that. Uh, there, there were some close games, but last year, Texas just absolutely blew the doors off in 55-14. to um, Here's what I'll say about Texas. I think they might be the most just top-to-bottom talented team in the country, 
and they're massive. Like they're really talented in all the spots where you want it. Quarterback, wide receiver, they're massive and deep on the offensive and defensive line. Their defense is really good. We've seen it so far this year. They've been absolute monsters. They've covered a lot of games. Um, this is a big spread, and especially against a good, a really good Kansas offense. I mean, Kansas, very a very good offense. Um, uh, Jaden Daniels, right? Am I doing this right? I always yes. I used to mix them up. <laughs> Jaden Daniels, super talented. I think, though, that what you've seen with Kansas so far this year, they haven't played a defense even remotely talented or as good as this Texas defense. I think that this is going to be a tough a tough one for Kansas to compete. Now, the only potential issue I hear... Jalen. Is it Jalen? Yeah. It's Jaden at LSU? Yeah. Damn it. See, Jaylen. I'm right back to it. Fucking A. <laughs> Every time. Um, I just said yes, thinking he was right. It's like, no. Nah, it is Jaden at LSU. That's right. Um, Jalen. I think that... Texas's offense, while it's it's flashy and stuff, they have what they are missing from last year is like I don't think the run game is quite as solid. Um, they're not getting quite as much push to just like consistently move the ball. They're just hitting a ton of massive plays, especially in the passing game, and that's been good. But like they're they're they don't have uh, who's the the star running back who's now for the Falcons, the starter Bijan. Yeah, Bijan. Bijan's Dijon. Um, <laughs> That dude was a legit like game breaker, and yeah, they're they're talented at the running back spot, but they don't have that. So that's the only thing that would give me pause here to maybe have this be a closer game. I don't think this is a a, a game where Texas isn't awake. I think that Kansas has like proven that to them over the last couple of years, recent history to the point where they're going to be ready and they know how good. I mean, Kansas is undefeated. This is a good team. Um, I think that they'll be ready for this, but I do worry that if Kansas can find a way to limit the big plays in the passing game and and play kind of a bend-don't-break defense, that could potentially throw a wrench here. But ultimately, I just think that I think this is going to be a game where we remember that Kansas is not at that level yet, and I think Texas covers and wins big, so I'll take Texas minus 16.5. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add here. I would take Texas first half, Kansas second half. Mm. I think Texas gets off to a big start, blows them out, and then Kansas comes back because they have the power, the firepower to do that. They have right. talent. They can move the football. So I see something like Texas, you know, up like you know twenty-seven to, to ten at halftime. You know, twenty-seven-seven, and then Kansas through the second half comes back and uh, makes it close. So okay, fair enough. Uh, that's our last game. But I have my Knights of the Square Table parlay. I think Smitty has been working on a parlay over there. Here's my Knights of the Square Table parlay. Four teamer. First one we're going off the board. Uh, Maryland. 14.5-point favorite at Indiana. Uh, Maryland flying under the radar. If you've watched any of these games, they're a force on offense. Uh, Tua's, Tua Jr., Tua's little brother, has been awesome. They're scoring a ton of points. Indiana, their defense looked pretty tough against Ohio State week one, but ultimately I think that was kind of fluky, and I think that Maryland is able to to score and, and win by more than 14.5. It's a really explosive offense. So I'll take the Terps. I'm going LSU minus 2.5. Bama minus 14 and a half and Texas minus 16 and a half. All chalk, all favorites, all square. Perfect for a night to the square <laughs> table parlay. Smitty, your parlay. Uh, I got uh, James Madison minus three at home versus nice. South Alabama. They've been a hot team. Arkansas plus six and a half at home against A&M. Purdue minus one at home versus Illinois and Pitt plus, uh, minus two and a half on the road at Virginia Tech. Oh, wow. Minus two, Pitt? Two and a half. Two and a half. Wow. I, I really like those picks, honestly. JMU's been a hot team this year. 
Uh, they've covered a lot of spreads. Tyler, do you have a square parlay? I don't. You don't? I, I don't this week, no. Okay, uh, let's do a quick fiver read before we get to the extracurriculars, which, by the way, you should definitely stick around for. If you own a business, know anyone who owns a business, and want to make the most of your money, start using freelancers. Don't waste your money going through companies or businesses to get graphic design work, website work done. Go to Fiverr.com and find professionals who do freelance work for a much more affordable cost. Use the link in the show notes for a discount on your first freelance experience. And I guarantee if you own a business, know someone who owns a business, or you just want to help yourself out with some hobbies, things you like, go to Fiverr.com, get freelance work. And again, use the the link in the show notes for a discount on your first freelance experience. Love it. Uh, Back to the extracurricular stuff. I definitely want to start with what we had on the last show that got deleted because technology Ah, does not like our recordings. My Starburst rankings are going to be polarizing, apparently. Okay. Okay. Here's how it goes. Yes. They They already are, are, and you haven't said anything. Lemon one. Lemon one. Cherry two. What? Strawberry three. And then orange four. And oh, Will, see, I, you originally really? said lemon one, orange two, and I was like, those I did are not the say that. two worst flavors. You know, thank <laughs> You're God, so lucky this shit God, is, is We actually take. do have a recording of this. I and swear. I am lucky. No. You went lemon orange, and then you changed it after. This is for after the show. I'd never said orange. I would never have done that. That You know, last year on the show, our, list, our loyal listeners know, I did a segment last year, things I don't get. The number one thing was oranges. I don't like oranges. I don't get oranges. I don't like the flavor. I would not have said that. That's that's not me, Will. I would have I, never right, said well, that. I, I misremember. Here's how it goes. You, you say lemon one, but cherry two, lemon one, cherry two, strawberry three, uh, orange four. Now I looked at a poll online because I, I, you know, I'm a very studious person. I like to follow through on very important things like this. Sure. And there have been a lot, apparently this. We're not the first ones to uncover this. There's a lot of back and forth visceral hatred towards people who like lemon people who this it's not just it's you the Will. worst flavor it's the worst one of them all the overwhelming polls go like this strawberry one cherry two yep, thank you Red orange pink. three lemon four thank you that's what most people <laughs> say that's what will says yes. but as we know uh, you know will's a man of the people he usually goes that way I don't I don't <laughs> it's you know, true you do your own thing I do my own thing. Lemon one, uh, cherry two, strawberry three, orange four. Ryan, you weren't here for the show that never happened. Yeah. What do you think of those rankings? I, I like them. And I'm know- sure you guys just did like uh, standard Starburst standard. flavors. Yeah, you, you can't go tropical. I think the best, the fruit punch ones, the dark red. Right, right. Oh. But, but you can't go tropical. None of that. No, this, this is just, just standard. Purely standard. Yeah. And, and but I, here's I the thing. I don't agree with the lemon one. No. But, but us lemon, we're a cult uh, uh, group, right? So there's a lot of lemonies out there. Fringe group. We're fringe, but we're cult. I know. Well, I also know that you do like a you, you like a lemon square. You like a key lime pie. Big lemon guy. He's a guy. Sits, you know, I like lemon flavored things consistent. too, but I okay. think lemon starbursts <laughs> suck. Like I like lemon flavored stuff. But 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 I like the tartness and the lemon and this cherry have a nice tartness to it. The strawberry's too sure. sweet. Strawberry's too sweet. Orange is too sweet. I know it's what so you're saying. Yeah, those are my those are my rankings. Good argument. Uh, before we get to Will's review, which I cannot wait for, yes. Ryan. One of my favorite movies, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. He watched it. He's going to give a review. But I have a couple notes from The Wandering Mind of Tyler. Okay? Oh, boy. A couple notes. Number one, and I, I just want to get your guys' quick thoughts on this, right? This is just a quick little hitter, uh, kind of like uh, OK or Day Class A. Mm-hmm. This is just a quick okay. hitter. Okay. Sure. I don't like it at all when servers take your order and don't write it down. This happened to me last mm-hmm. week. But isn't they- that a flex, though? 
it is a total flex, but it makes me nervous because I project, right? That's a, that's a, it's really a it's just a me issue, right? Right? It's a me. You're like, why but aren't you writing this down? I don't like it because I know I wouldn't be able to do it. I think is my thing, mm-hmm. right? And it makes me real nervous. Now I'll say this: they got the order right, and Good. but I always feel the obligation to order simple. Mm. You know, I don't want to say no onions, uh, or except right. I love onions, but the, but you get my saying no extra this this on the side because they're going to forget that. You got to say, I want a Philly cheesesteak. If they're writing it down, do you, does that change what you order? Uh, yes, often it does. Oh, see Just oh, like it fast. You can't let yes. fear dictate I, your decision. I do. Time. I let fear overcome me, yep. and I order more simple because I want to make it easier on them. Also, you know what dictates what ordering is at a fast food place. I think that fast food is sloppier when they're busier. When sure. they have time, it's better. So that dictates also what I order at fast food. I'm a very circumstantial orderer. Will you send food back if it's wrong, whether they no, write it down no, or not? No, I don't know. That's no. been pretty wrong for me to do that. I, I, yeah, yeah me too. it's got to be like like in at like oh, like pink chicken undercooked sure. send it back. I right. don't send food back. You hair? know, I, I'm a big because I'm not <laughs> if pick- you found a hair. Would you send it back? How much hair and how long? <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's curly and short. <laughs> you know, <it's> <laughs> Sometimes I feel or uh, I feel like if, if I were to find a hair and I'm really hungry and it's not a big deal, I may just like Hope no one else saw it and yes. just get rid of it and go for it. I've done that many times. Oh yeah, you gotta I've, get over. I've it. looked past. I think you gotta get over it. Too. There's sure. a lot of stuff that happens, but it's yeah, like the hair, classic. I don't send food on back. Stuff. It's <laughs> good for your immune system. Okay, um, and then my my last thought here from the wandering mind: um, Does it bug the shit out of you guys like it does me when football players, like wide receivers mainly? Don't have their mouth guard in and their play, and it's dangling there, and they're about to run a route, and their mouth guard is dangling there. Uh, that drives me crazy for some reason. Mm. It's the aesthetics. It's just like it's not protecting their teeth. It's like a lot of things <laughs> where I'm like, dude, put your mouth guard in. And I, I hate it. It's, it's, it feels incomplete to me. Like I'm very OCD, as you guys have <laughs> come to know. It's gotten worse lately. That's for a different show, though. But I'm very, I'm very OCD. And so like I don't like seeing that dangle out there. Uh, is this just me? He's not a fan of the um, dangle. Okay, not I <laughs> no mean, dangle, look, Jerry. Dangle. With for whatever reason, because they're football players, it doesn't bother as much because they're wearing a helmet. But like when I see, if it's like but, a but what about it, like da- like the aesthetics of it, like dangling, there. like Steph Curry chewing on his mouth that guard. Me that, that's weird. Annoys me. And again, yeah. like like most basketball players don't even wear a mouth guard, so it's not even like a safety thing. But it's just like. Well, why have it if you're just going to chew exactly. on it? Exactly. You know I wonder I mean? what. And now they probably have it because they have to. Right. Maybe it's like a statement, but I always feel. I don't think you have to in incomplete. football, though. Not, not every football player has a mouth guard, right? No, it's not all of them. Right. It's just. Uh, it ha- and it's not even every game, but occasionally right. this will happen, and I feel. I want to almost change it. I feel. You fix it for them? Incomplete. Get in there and yell? I feel. Yeah, it's like something mm. that's not put together. It needs something to be. for the therapy. I don't like it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's save it for therapy. <laughs> okay. Outdated movie review. So, Edge of Tomorrow. I watched this. I watched this uh, Monday night. And here's how I'm going to. I'm gonna... So, so, wait. Let me set it up for the audience. Yeah, yeah. Give us a, uh, a basic plot, you know? Okay. Edge of Tomorrow came out in 2014. Sci-fi. Yes. Starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt is a sci fi about a war between humans and. And aliens, where right. Tom Cruise, the main character, dies only to find out he wakes up over and over on the same day. Yeah, and and how's that for a little? Uh, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, we talked about it when you were like, "Hey, let's let's do a breakdown for or, or a a review." It's basically like Groundhog Day, but 
sci-fi war. It's ground way cooler. It's Groundhog D Day, is what it is. Because <laughs> like there's there it's literally that first of like all a great movie. They're literally <laughs> storming Have you seen it, Ryan. Uh, it after takes this, hopefully it, yes. it literally is D Day. It takes place in Europe and they're based in London and they're storming the beach of France. But instead of like you know the all the boats coming across with soldiers, it's these flying futuristic kind of planes, mm-hmm. right? But it literally is basically like D Day. So it's just Groundhog D Day. And yeah, like, okay, so here's... Okay, so what? Star Wars is basically like oh, Cold, yeah. the Cold War. No, I totally agree. I, this isn't space. a dig. This isn't a dig, it's but true. I'm trying to set okay, up okay. the, the so, plot for people. Okay, you know what? Where's I Reagan? need to take a step back. Ryan, you can mute me. Uh, no, no, you don't have to mute are you sure? okay. okay. I'll mute myself. I, no, no, no. I need to let you I'm go. Give my break I need to let you go. I'm going to first give my overall, um, my overall like rating and tell you what I think about it, and then I'm going to, after that, I'm going to give you, because I love with any movie that I haven't seen before is silly things or plot holes or something like that. That's how I'm going to do this. So I liked it. I did. Like, as far as... I'm not like a huge... I mean, as weird as it is for someone who's, like, big into Star Wars and I love, like, Dune, I'm not, like, a massive sci-fi guy, actually, right? Um, But I liked it. I enjoyed it. I think that the type of movies like this, similar to Groundhog Day, where you have the repeating day, like, they become... It can kind of be exhausting. There were times in the movie where it's like... You know what I mean? Like, I get it. And I and even though each time he, like, resets the day and he's trying to solve this problem, you know, like, he's he's learning new things, so it's important for the plot line. But whenever you have that kind of story going on where it's the same thing over and over again, like, same thing when I tried to watch Westworld. Like, every mm-hmm. day starts the same, but it's slightly different. I started to get a little... And I know Tyler... I love the, the piano Tyler, for Westworld. Yes. I, I, I can play that. I'll sure. play it for you guys someday. But, like, again, get like, it, it gets... It, it almost gets so repeating that it's like, okay, I get it. Like, let's move on from whatever this is. And even though a lot of times those little small adjustments, they, they matter for the plot. There are time, There were times when I was watching where I was like, okay, I can't wait to see something new and different, right? Um, and so, but I did really like it. I thought Tom Cruise was was fine in it. Like, it, it was your typical Tom Cruise. He was love good. Tom Cruise. He was I good. I love Tom Cruise. Um, I, Ryan, how do you feel about Tom Cruise? Meh. Yeah. Meh? Yeah. I like him. I like a lot of his movies. That this, I wouldn't even put this. That's disappointing. I think he's a great actor. I wouldn't put this even in like the top five Tom Cruise movies for me, um, but it was good. I liked the the plot. I like. Um, I loved Emily Blunt. I, I mean, who who wouldn't? Come on, she's great. <laughs> but she her character's really cool too. Um, I felt like. Okay, let's just get into let's get into oh, some of the oh, some yeah, of the yeah. nitpicky things here. I, oh, I took okay. notes as I was watching. Oh, okay, but f- first of all, I'm gonna say I really did like it. Okay. I'm glad I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have you given it the rating yet? Okay, the rating. So let's go out of uh, out of ten. I'm gonna give it a, and again, I'm very picky. Ten spacesuits. Ten, yeah, sure. Or ten, whatever. Ten, those whatever. Are ten. They uh, yes. Yeah, they're spacesuits, and I have a note yeah. on that uh, coming up. By the way, <laughs> they're, they're, they're special futuristic spacesuits. Um, Picking the fashion. It's like futuristic warfare again. Like I, I actually encourage people to watch it. It was cool, but I have my my notes coming up. So out of ten, and again, I'm very picky. So like, I don't want you to take this number as a as a dig. I'd give it like a six point three, six point four. But I think that's fair. I'm very picky. That's not a bad rating. If I thought this it was is a, outrageous, if I thought it was a bad movie, I would have given it like you know a three. What? You know what? Can I say something? Okay, yeah. I, I go ahead. I don't have a lot to argue with what you said, except for I never was exhausted during watching it. So that's just one difference. Okay. You're perfect for these movie reviews because you're such a movie snob in a yes. good way. Yes. You, but I think you know what you're talking about. I love your taste. I think you when it. You've. I don't think you've recommended a movie to me 
with that I've come back and been like, no, I didn't like that. And right? There so, have been a couple, but yes, okay, for the most part, for you're the right. most part, though, you know, you're hitting, you're hitting well. You're hitting number four in the lineup. Well, maybe number two or three these days. I digress. This is one of. I think we're just. I got goosebumps at times in this movie. <laughs> I was hooked. I loved it when she when you know what I can't ruin that because it's a spoiler. Okay, but when you start to find out when when Emily Blunt's character gets involved, right? right? That I, I love that part. Agreed. All the all these all these little twists, and and I'll admit it's not as like detailed as something like The Sixth Sense, right? But and, and I don't actually want to put it on the same level as that movie, but it was just an example that came to mind. I loved everything they they put into the details of how this world worked. Right. So I know that you may not have, but six point. Okay, but here's my thing. So again, like it, I, what I would say is that's this, closer to a fifty than a seventy. This type of movie, the that's parts outrageous. of it, the parts of it that I really liked were like not like they didn't occur all that much. Like what I actually really enjoyed was the kind of like romantic aspect. Where like, oh, he's you're kind of, a romantic. He's, hey, Ryan, we do me a favor. Will you see what this got on Rotten Tomatoes while we're talking about this real quick? I think it has sure. a good rating. Let's, um, let's just see what the people had to say. I liked the like he's like slowly falling for her because you can tell he's doing he's going day over day with her once they once her character comes involved. Now, question you have does no his, idea how long it lasts does his horniness reset every day <laughs> no, or does that is that the one see, thing it's that continues? not really horny at no point is he trying to like seal the deal i actually think he's like falling in love with her which mm. it becomes apparent later on you know, towards the end of the movie right and so i actually like that aspect of it like the little things like there's that one scene where they're finally they've they finally figured out how to get off the beach right and now they're like they've found their way to some like barn and he's like cooking her or he found some coffee he's making her coffee and it's like this sweet scene and then she realizes like oh my gosh how many times have we done this because you're you're like trying to keep me from doing oh, something God, dude. so like that part of it i i enjoy i enjoy the part where it's like you don't actually know it's the same thing with groundhog day like how many days he's lived yeah. it could have been like in the thousands at this point because he's had to figure out every little minute thing so there are parts that i really enjoyed from that aspect right i like the ending However, here are my notes. On, so, on, so real quick, got a 90 from the audience on Rotten okay, Tomatoes. Okay, cool. Uh, and before you also move on, yeah. now we'll answer a question. 90? That's what I'm talking about, Rotten Tomatoes. That's what I'm talking about. 91 uh, on the tomato meter. Will doesn't know what to talk about. Okay. Cool Actually, movie. you know what? I don't want to say that because that's mean to Will. And, and that's no, it's, okay. it's false. It's also false. It's wrong. I believe it's wrong. But I think <laughs> that you're seats. being it's too cool. harsh. I think you're being way I'm, too harsh. Well, I am. I'm very picky. Uh, according to this Reddit, uh, uh, let's give a guess. How well, many days? Yeah. How, well, how many days does this he have to yes. live? Uh, it's got to be in the thousands. I would think it's like well, years. Well, yeah. How many years, months, I'm going to guess like three years. So like a, roughly eight years, thousand. eight months, 16 days. That's a lot. That's a lot yes. of time. Okay. So here, but here's where I'll get into it. So even though eventually like you learn, um, you learn things about like why he's there. Like what I didn't enjoy is like for the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie, there's not a lot of explaining as to for, like you learn very fast once he's resetting the day, like what's happening, but like there's no explanation. There's very little explanation into who he is or what his background. It's just like, he's like a media military guy and he gets sent over to England and the England general is just like, you're going to battle. And there's no, there's zero explanation for me that, right? Like that, that part was kind of frustrating to me because it's like, okay, he like his whole thing is he's like, he's like scared at first. He's kind of like a coward. He's like, I'm, not, I'm not a foot soldier. And eventually he becomes a badass because he just keeps dying and learning over and over and over again. Right. But it, initially it's like, 
Why was this guy even flown in a, uh, by himself in a special helicopter over it's be- to England? It's, it's because they needed as many excusable pawns as they could. That's what I took from it. I guess, I, I'm not yeah, going to act maybe. like I have... But that, that's what I took from it, is right. they needed as many like frontline people to just get right. fucked up and killed as they could. But there's like no other... He's the only like American soldier. Well, I, I think he was amongst like a probably thousands of other people. Maybe. We just watched his story. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. what I took from it. But, Fair enough. But you're right. In a story, you shouldn't have to really draw these conclusions for there, yourself. Exactly. And yeah. you were like... And eventually, you figure the things out but initially you're like okay some of the stuff doesn't make sense then um they have these badass suits right these this suits are the, awesome the suits are awesome these things the suits are awesome it's like you're it's, it's almost like, like avatar yes yeah. very, it's like an exoskeleton you sit in it it gives you like all awesome weapons and shit right um it's like very mechanical however like the first thing i notice is like these suits are fucking badass and like the first thing that happens when tom cruise gets into battle is like his visor just like breaks it's like shitty plastic <laughs> and i'm like okay you like that these suits must well, cost like a so... hundred thousand dollars okay. or more and, but like they make the visor out of like the shittiest cheap plastic that just breaks immediately prediction stupid prediction will has commented on moviemistakes.com before no i have not but yes, i, I noticed those things those things bother me you do and same thing things. like yeah. like their helmets are like bike helmets it's just a little strap and it falls off and eventually he doesn't <laughs> want his which is fine but my again, dad like, my dad used to be like that he would notice these things like hey yeah did you just see you could see the camera in the mirror for a second I'm like dad watch the well, movie i don't necessarily <laughs> notice all those like, things this is more like a plot thing like i don't think it was like a mistake they made it's like well why would you have these amazing epic suits but then, like the one thing that could keep all the bike dirt, helmet. keep all the dirt out of these guys' eyes, like they don't have goggles; they just have shitty visors on a helmet, right? So that kind of bothered me. Um, then there's this whole scene again. Once, love Will's mind. Once yeah. he once he meets Emily Blunt's character, I don't even remember her name. It's Rita. Is that it? I think it's Rita. Um, Everybody, put your hands together for Rita. Pretty sure, pretty sure it's Rita. He meets her, and, and what you find out is, and again, spoilers if you haven't seen it. What you find out is that she had the same thing as him, where she had to live. The same day over and over yeah, again, she solves some problem. And she figures out that he's doing it right. Yes. You're gonna love this. So that's bro. where their connection comes in, right? But then she's like this. She's the, like the most badass, savage soldier again because she's done the same thing as him. She's had to live it over and over again until she wins. So you just get naturally good at these things, right? But she like spends all her time in this like training center with like these fake the the bad aliens. By the way, this is a whole she's other practicing. I know she's going to I practice. During, why why do football teams practice during the right? Week? No, that makes sense for her. But then he goes through the training process, and it's like why he could just live every day and get good on the battlefield. He doesn't have to train against this flying ceiling fan. It's <laughs> stupid. Okay, that's okay? great boy. If he's gonna do it anyway, why does he train against the real? <laughs> there's a whole training scene where there's a whole training. Why scene do you gotta do this? Where he Will? becomes badass. Why do you gotta do this? At killing the training thing, which every- look like spinning ceiling fans. And look, they- everything he's saying is actually right. That's what's pissing me off. So it's like, damn I it. was like, he could just be Poking out dying and Poking trying to hole. solve the issue, right? So that's one thing. Um, You're an asshole, dude. Also, also um, I, by the way, the aliens that they're fighting, they're I, I think they're cool and not cool at the same time. They're called mimics. And they're basically they're almost they're like cool. A, Don't let it. They're, they're almost cool. like a transformer thing. They're like yeah. a, they're more machine. They're not human. They're like they're like machine, right? They're not like an animal. And so I like that, and also don't like it at the same time. But it just it remind it, it felt like is this a mix of Groundhog Day and Saving Private Ryan and Transformers? That was like it was like if those three movies had a baby. Um, <laughs> next up, um, those it's the same suits, which again are badass. But there's this one scene towards the end where, again, they finally get off the Here beach, and the suits are massive, and then all of a sudden they're small enough where they can just fit in a minivan, <laughs> and they're, sit- they're, sitting, they're sitting in their driver's seats like regular as if this giant 
suit would just like it doesn't show them getting in because it's clearly a plot hole and then they're just sitting there driving like at one point they're just in a shitty old minivan driving across the country and in the suits in the suits they're wearing oh, the suits dude. the whole time and it's like okay this was a this could have been this could have been done better okay, you know what I mean because okay, then okay. they take off the suits at one point it's like well, who directed this ditch them I don't know good question this um, minivan's not to scale yeah it's like it the, like, <laughs> the second that she approached the car and opened the door I was like well, this is going to be fun. How is she going to get in? And it just cuts to her like in it because it's obvious if you had this giant suit on, you'd never be able to easily. It would be like Shaq getting into a Miata. I'm upset with Will right now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't think this all warrants a 6.3, by the way. No, no, no. And these actually are, again, these don't bake into like my Six actual rating. Three? That's ridiculous, that, I think dude. that's a good rating. I would give movies I like seven. Um, Yo, who... So uh, the last two uh, things I had, and again, like the I had to restrain myself right like there. a lot of these movies, like you know, they they have to get to some like some center. They call it like the brain or whatever this alien thing and destroy it, right? Um, and like he sees these visions because he has this weird connection with it, so he sees where it is. He's having these visions of where it is, and just r- randomly they're like, and it makes sense because you know. If he's going to see a vision but have no idea where this thing is because he doesn't recognize anything, it would be stupid. But, of course, it's below the Louvre in Paris. Like, there's no other mention of anything important or, like, monuments, but it's like, oh, it's in the basement of the Louvre. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, of course. Of course, and If an alien dude. invaded, it would plant its egg below the Louvre, of course. Dude, um, you don't know action. You don't get it. And then it. here's my last. This is the major plot hole, which, again, uh, it, I understand uh, – you couldn't make the movie if this plot hole didn't exist. But, like, what happened to just, like, nukes? Why aren't we just nuking the fuck out of these aliens? Like, we have to destroy this thing. Do we not have nukes anymore? We can't just drop a nuke on these fucking things? You know, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but Why do you have to do this? Again, overall, well, this is, this is why a lot of movies, you know, I, I can't help but I, I always lean towards the realism movies. I know it's stupid to expect in a movie like this, but... I actually, I did enjoy it. I encourage people to go and listen to it, but that's my review, and those were the main issues I had with it. But overall, I really did like it. Uh, Ryan, are you going to watch this movie? For sure. Okay, now we got a couple more things. Uh, Will has to watch one more movie. We got to get one more review from this little hipster over here. Okay. Uh, what, what was it? Yeah, what was the other one? It we, was uh, Edge of Tomorrow or, oh, uh, Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Okay. Ryan, yes. have you seen Shutter, Shutter Island? Yes. Maybe you can watch Edge of Tomorrow. No, mine was Shawshank. Oh, right. Oh, Shawshank. That's yeah, still it. I haven't seen Shawshank. Okay. Well, you guys have movies to watch, and we have content coming forward. Yeah, there you go. love it. Perfect. Perfect. Um, Skillshare. Let's talk about Skillshare, Tyler. Let's talk about Skillshare. Okay. Do you want to guess what the most popular classes on Skillshare are? Mm. Right. On here, we talk about math because I love math, but that's only a small fraction of what they offer. Okay. Guess right now. Correct. Most popular. Graphic design. Ooh, that's close. That's number four. Okay. Gravity is number four. Ryan says cooking. Uh, not top five. Not top five. Number one, speed reading. Oh, interesting. Hmm. People want to read faster. Sure. Right? I don't I don't blame them. It's like, <laughs> I'm a who doesn't reader. want to read faster, right? Productivity masterclass, number two. Okay. Want to be more productive in sure. your everyday life. The point here is Skillshare isn't for just what we talk about. I know I talk math, ratings, power ratings, and look, if you want to get better at betting college football, in my opinion, that's where you start. Go to Skillshare. Don't pay a thousand or even five figures to go to a college and and, and and go through all these loopholes. Now, if you want a degree and you want something in the future, that's great. But if you want to learn how to do these power ratings without that 
other stuff, Skillshare is a perfect place to go. You can learn a lot there. But as I was just saying, speed reading, productivity. The next one is creating your dream career. Number three. I mean, there's so many fun, cool, useful things you can do on Skillshare that everyone can take advantage of. Mm. Now, you can sign up for a month. You could sign up for three months. But if you use promo code tailgate and you sign up for a year, you get 30% off. So get access to all these classes. By the way, you don't sign up for one class. You sign up for a year, you get access to everything. Right. You can do speed reading, productivity, uh, creating your dream career, and math and cooking, photography, anything else you can think of at Skillshare. OnlineSkillshare.com, promo code tailgate. Nice. Love it. Okay. Uh, you got real or fake, right? This is a surprise one. <sighs> so I'm upset. I'm really well. You know, I'm pissed off actually. Because of, because of my movie review? No, because David Spade. Have you seen this bullshit they're doing? Real or fake? I warned you about snake this. oil. I warned what you. The yes. Fuck I is saw going the commercials, on? bro. I thought you said they're doing something like real or fake. They're doing real or fake. So we should sue him. Uh, look, I'm sure they didn't listen. They're going real or fake, but I don't like when we didn't like TM something or like so, like like uh, uh what's it called when you uh, put a trademark a patent or trademark oh, on? Yeah. We should have trademarked it. Yeah, I agree. Look, we can be uh, we can be litigious here. I thought there was another word for it. If we want to sue them, you know, copyright. Whatever Get the lawyers is. involved. Yeah, exactly. This is bullshit. <laughs> I saw it on YouTube. He goes, "Okay, let's play our new game. It's called Real or Fake." Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Real or Fake. Like I said to Will, dude, I've been doing this since 2012 in radio. Yep. Like this is not some new thing we came up with last year. This is more than 10 years. Well, David, David Spade, Spade also, big, he's a big fan of the show. That's bitch. probably where he stole it from. He listens. David, I just called him a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So that's what you get, David. <laughs> you guys know, our listeners know, here's how real or fake works. I give them a topic. We go through certain things in that topic. They tell me, is it real? Is it fake? Now, if you're listening, you're probably thinking, "What? it's not hard. This is going to be easy. <laughs> Buckle up. Okay. <laughs> real or fake restaurants. Like names of restaurants? No, no, no. Themes, what you expect when you walk into mm. a restaurant. Like when you walk into a Fogo de Chao, you expect an all-you-can-eat <laughs> all meat, Brazilian experience. Sure. This is what you can expect walking in. You walk okay. into a Rainforest Cafe, you sure. know what you're getting, okay? Yeah, birds. You're getting wet. <laughs> Geckos. Real or fake restaurant number one. Getting wet. Dinner in the sky. In this restaurant, a mm. platform is lifted by Crane. And patrons enjoy a dining experience with the birds. Real or fake? The crane, it's got to be fake. It's not crane. Because they have this in Vegas. Seems you like, keep score too, Ryan. Do you have a, seems uh, like a paper? Seems like an OSHA violation waiting to happen. And also, how do you get the food from the kitchen? So I'm going to go fake as well. It is a real restaurant. Wow. That no is shit. in Montreal, Canada. Montreal. For all of our French Canada Montreal listeners. Montreal. That's right. Dinner in the sky. We got to go. Uh, maybe we'll do a show from Montreal. Yeah. Have dinner in the sky. Like, okay. We got Canadian fans. Number two. That S'more. It's a dinner only <laughs> restaurant With that features s'mores. a chocolate river you can make s'mores in. That s'more. See, but it doesn't fit because that's amore is an Italian vibe. So mm -hmm. I'm going fake. I think you made this up. Okay. Real. That is fake. Will's uh, up one nothing. Nice. Italian and s'mores that, doesn't jive. S'more. Yeah, that's that's my invention. But wouldn't that be delicious? Yeah. D dessert only. Limited menu. So you yeah. go in. It's a small space. You can dessert <laughs> only. Yeah, limited menu. All right, next. Cabbage and condoms. <laughs> this restaurant, <laughs> similar to fortune cookies in Chinese restaurants, includes one condom with every order. 
Yeah, but what? Why? Where's the cabbage come into play? <laughs> well, you, it's part of the menu. <laughs> you can't go on an empty it's, stomach. Well, it's purely. <laughs> it's purely for Polish people. Gotta get your energy um, somewhere. I'm going. I'm going real because that's not something I think you would make up. Oh, uh, real. That's real. That's in Thailand. That's what I figured. Oh, they, so it's next give, to the whorehouse. Yeah, they have condoms out with every order. <laughs> okay, next. The Naked Restaurant. This one's simple. Guests dine completely naked. Real. Yeah, real. Gross. Real. This is in London. It's eat. called the Bunyadi. It's only open three months a year. I guess only the cold months, just to help <laughs> people. Okay. Um, next one. Save the Day Bistro. This restaurant... Although being one of the more expensive restaurants in its region, features all expired food on its menu. It sounds like something that like hippies would do, like, oh, we're saving the planet, we're not gonna waste food. I'll say real. Real. That is fake. Ah. That is a fake restaurant. Honestly though, if you we'll open that up, up nothing. In, if you open that up in San Francisco, I think people would go. <laughs> I do too. Oh, we got two more. Ninja restaurant. Ninjas take your order. Then disappear into a cloud of smoke. <laughs> I hope it's real. I'm going to go real. This Benny Hanna's getting real crazy, isn't it? Uh, fake. That's fucking real, dude. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah, sorry, God. Will's up 2-0. And he clinched it because there's only one left. That's in New York. That's not even like a, like a, you know, something. It's in New York City. Urban ninjas. And they do like a whole thing where a ninja takes your order like with a sword and then they poof smoke up and he disappears into yep. the smoke. Okay, last. <laughs> Happy Madison's. Every employee dresses like a character in an Adam Sandler movie. They don't play any sports, just Adam Sandler movies. Fake. Real. That's fake. Yeah. That is my dream restaurant. <laughs> that, open up Happy well, I thought of what's the one thing I would want if they didn't play sports? Adam Sandler movies. It'd be yeah. <laughs> 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 and if, there's enough of them to where it wouldn't get stale like you have uh, enough dude, to so play many, no that's what i'm saying you got you got so many good movies well, you're gonna have to so many movies some choose, copyright, right? like good some, movies. Some copyright infringement well, stuff. I, obviously we'd partner with adam sandler i would contact he makes that. appearance I'd, he's I'd got a piece just some struggling actor taking your dude. order just <laughs> exactly everyone has, to, <laughs> everyone has to pretend like a character and in the background think about it right like it's sectioned off mm. so in the main bar area you got like Happy Gilmore, yeah. and then in, in the dining area, maybe like uh, uh, you could have what's a wedding the singer the wedding playing sing, music. Yeah. You could wedding have a band. singers playing there. Maybe you got Fifty First Dates in the other one. Guy I mean, forgets I'm, your order, dude. <laughs> All right, yeah, you get excuses wow. on Yelp. Okay, okay so that's a, a my restaurant. That's I love the idea. What I think. Okay, I love it. We're going back to back games before we get out of here today. Uh, start, sit, cut. Yeah. Now Will likes to say Mary, what? Fuck, kill. Fuck Mary, kill. Yeah, fuck Mary, kill. Same idea. Should we do Star Cut or should we fuck Mary Kill? Let's do fuck Mary Kill. It seems more intense. Yeah, yeah. It more is rated intense. That's more down our alley. Yeah. All right. Fuck Mary Kill. This is, uh, this is the American Classics edition. Okay. Okay. So no scores here, just opinions. Fuck Mary Kill. We'll start food. We love food on this show. Let's go food. Pizza, wings, oh, fuck. burgers. Oh fuck. This is brutal. fuck Mary kill pizza wings burgers. All right, I'm marrying. No, Fry and Ryan's got to go first okay. for, for the right. food. Fry yes, and Ryan's got to go first. Uh, I'm going. I'm fucking the wings, marrying <laughs> the pizza, killing the hamburgers. Oh Oof. man, the versatile burger. See, I I did not think you'd go there. You're a big burger guy. I do love a burger. Big burger guy. You're the biggest burger guy I know. <laughs> I, That's this, interesting. This cool, kills. Thanks. This kills. <laughs> this kills me to do it. I'm marrying burger. 
Fucking the pizza and killing the wings. Wow, yep. really? you're killing and the I wings. I love wings. I love wings, but yeah, you, I you can't gotta, give up pizza or okay. burgers. Okay, come on. Number two, American classics: Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm killing Steven Spielberg. Yep. I'm uh, marrying okay. well, E.T. E.T. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kill him. Yeah, we're, kill, um, we're killing kill him. him too. Yep. Um, <laughs> He's on the list. <laughs> yeah. Kill Spielberg. Yep. Marry Tarantino. Yep. Fuck Scorsese. Boom. Yep. Wow. Agreement. Yep. Total agreement. Okay. Ford, Chevy, Jeep. You guys have an opinion on this one? You, you guys strong? Ahead, Ford, Chevy, Jeep. Uh, killing Jeep, marrying Chevy. Fucking Ford. Okay. I'm also killing Jeep. But Why are you just killing Jeep? I, I'm married. Jeep suck. They're fucking yeah. overrated, overpriced. They're okay. they're fucking unreliable pieces yeah. of shit. Um, <laughs> uh, marrying Ford, fucking Chevy, and killing Jeep. All right, let's move on. We only got three. Le- uh, uh, two left. Two real ones left. Apple. Like rock. <laughs> Apple. Microsoft. Google. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm fucking killing Google. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry. Killing Apple. Oh, excuse me. I'm oh. an Androider. Okay. Killing Apple. You know what? At least we have that on on uh, audio. We can clip that. <laughs> marrying, clip that make him sound. Marrying else. Google and fucking uh, Microsoft. Uh, repeat that. Killing Apple. Okay. Marrying Google. Okay. Fucking Microsoft. Ryan, you're not gonna kill Apple too. I no, mean, no, no, we're, no. We're fucking we're Apple, marrying right? Apple. Oh, you're marrying Apple. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fucking Microsoft. Killing Google. Killing Google. See, I would say I, I haven't chimed in yet. I'm chiming on this one. He's chiming. I'm data scientist. Uh, Apple. We're gonna actually Microsoft. We're gonna uh, marry. Microsoft. I think gets a lot done. They do well. Apple. We're fucking Google. Later. You're killing Google. Here's the thing. Yeah. Apple could easily. What are you gonna use this? You're gonna use Bing. Apple could Ask easily Jeeves. replace Google. Okay. If Google went away today, tomorrow. Apple has a search engine. Why don't they already have one then? Because Google's too good. They don't want to compete. Because Google, they, they stay in their lane. They know what they're good at. Making phones the default in the Fuck year and a half, so they have to buy a new Fuck one. Fuck them. Okay. Uh, last one. Now, I know this is, uh, uh, like, I don't know if all these guys are necessarily, like, all American, but college football's American. So I wanted to give you guys a tough college football one to wrap things up. Okay. James Franklin. Kill. Kyle Whittingham. <laughs> Lane Kiffin. Oh, man, this is so easy. You, oh, yeah. you marry Whittingham, you fuck Kiffin, and yep. you kill James Franklin. Okay, too easy. So easy. Okay, I lied. One more. Lane Kiffin, extremely fucked. Lemon, cherry, strawberry, <laughs> starburst. <laughs> <laughs> Killing lemon, that's all. No, that you don't of kill course. lemon. You kill lemon, you marry cherry, and you, you fuck uh, strawberry. Ryan, what do you say? Yeah, same. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture ball tailgate. How you can best support the show. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys soon.